It's a new season, the second for head coach Dane Fujinaka. With the full recruiting class now under his belt, this year's team is full of fresh new faces as well as strong veteran leadership for the Sharks baseball team. That's led by Cole Kashimoto, DJ Stevens, and Jack O'Brien, to name a few. Looking to make another step forward in this new era of Sharks baseball, they begin their season with a four-game series against the Minnesota Crookston Golden Eagles of the Northern Sun Intercollegiate Conference. Hawaii Pacific Health presents that's Hawaii Pacific University Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Brought to you by Pioneer Electric Inc. Providing Hawaii's contractors with top quality electrical supplies for home and businesses. And now, live from Central Oahu Regional Park, field number four. Let's go to play-by-play announcers Kyle Galdera and Paul Brett. Aloha and welcome live to Central Oahu. We're kicking off Super Weekend with a super double dip of baseball for you today. The HPU Sharks hosting Minnesota Crookston all the way from the snowy northern part of the country. Welcome to them. But it's a great way to start off the season for HPU and our analyst Paul Breck joining me, Kyle Galdera today. And Paul, I can't believe it, but it's baseball season, baby. I'm super excited. Uh, it's a lot earlier than I'm used to uh, baseball season starting. I'm from upstate New York originally, so I'm relating a little bit more to those snowy folks uh, visiting here from Minnesota, but uh, I have to imagine it's nice for them like it's nice for me or any baseball lover to see uh, both teams back out on the field outside here uh, to start their seasons. And it, just for all those listening out there from here in Hawaii or around the country. It's been quite windy here in Hawaii the past few days. Gusts of over 50 miles an hour. And we'll see some gusts today, probably in the 20 and 30 mile per hour range. However, it's a beautiful day for baseball. Low 80s for temperatures, a big contrast to Minnesota. And I bring that up because as we were talking with Coach Steve Gus before the game from Minnesota Crookston, he was telling me that his squad hasn't played baseball outside in about four or five months. So just for his team to be able to get outside, start the season, and play in great weather like this, I think is an awesome experience for his team. And then, of course, for HPU trying to get the 2023 campaign off on a high note. Yeah, an incredibly refreshing uh, occurrence for them, I'm sure, to be back outside for baseball season. Uh, it, it, Like I mentioned, I'm from New York. I remember those snow-filled practices where you got to practice inside a gym and take ground balls off of a floor. You bring out the batting cage, take uh, swings off a pitching machine a lot of times. Uh, it can be tough, so I'm sure it's nice to be out here. I know on the East Coast, a lot of times that north uh, northeast, they'll take trips down to Florida, so I have to imagine this is a similar uh, trip for this Minnesota squad uh, where it's nice to be in the sunshine in February where it's not like that back in Minnesota. And it's hard to believe this is our third season of bringing you HPU baseball on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And it's interestingly enough, the third different stadium we've been broadcasting from. We were at Les Murakami Stadium three years ago, last year at Hans LaRange Park, and here we are today at Central Oahu Regional Park, actually Patsy Mink. Central Oahu Regional Park. And as you heard our friend Alan Mia say, field number four. So it's the field that faces the Waianae Mountain Range. And of course, that wind I mentioned is blowing out. So you have this wind tunnel essentially going from home to center field, even left center at some time. So it's going to play a big factor, I think, as far as not only batters are concerned, but 
how these two pitchers that we're going to get to in just a moment face the batters today. Yeah, I think wind can play a big factor, uh, especially if you let it, if that makes sense. Uh, you can't allow it to become too big of a factor or become something that you're thinking about through the course of the game. The same rules uh, apply to the same uh, way that you always play. You have to track the ball through the air no matter the path that it may take. Uh, we'll see how the pitchers deal with uh, the way that this wind, as you mentioned, almost feels like a wind tunnel here, uh, uh, feels. And uh, it's a beautiful day for some baseball, so either way I'm sure they'll figure it out because that's what baseball players do. They adapt on the fly. It's uh, what you're forced to do uh, here on the diamond. And when we come back, we'll have starting lineups and more. It's opening day, HPU and Minnesota Crookston here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Calling all women. Hawaii's premier women's race will be back in person this year. Get healthier, support each other, and have fun at the Hawaii Pacific Health Women's 10K and 5K Fun Run on March 19th at Kapiolani Park. Women of all ages and fitness levels are invited to run, walk, or jog the course. Can't make it in person? There's also a virtual 10K. Sign up today or learn more at hphwomens10k.org. Sharks Baseball, brought to you by Pioneer Electric, Inc. on HSRN, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht here with you, getting you ready for the HPU Baseball season opener against visiting Minnesota Crookston. And, Paul, looking at the pitching matchup real quick, Coach Dane Fujinaka was telling us before the game that he's really excited about the squad this year. And even pitching coach Ashkin Kukaulua was telling us that he's super excited about today's starter for HPU. And it's going to be the lefty Andrew Hawk leading things off, leading the season off, going against this tough Minnesota Crookston lineup. And I think for Hawk, he's a crafty lefty. He paints the zone. And something that will be fun to watch today and something fun to describe to you listening is he's almost like Nestor Cortez from the Yankees where he uses a lot of tempo, a lot of timing. Sometimes he'll pause mid-lineup trying to throw the batters off, and we'll see if that translates to more outs today. Yeah, uh, one, what an honor it is to always get the ball on opening day, uh, get your first uh, start of the season in the game or in the team's first game of the season. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, crafty lefty, similar to Nestor Cortez of the Yankees, who uh, the art of pitching hasn't necessarily been lost upon, where uh, you're going to see him go accuracy more so over his velocity, though he can still get it up there too. Uh, and also he's going to try and throw off the timing of the hitter, change the eye level, uh, get some things off speed before he blows something by you. It, it's a pitcher uh, more so than just a guy who's going to chuck it hard and hope it gets past you. And before we get to the Minnesota Crookston starting pitcher for today, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Home of HPU Athletics, KGU AM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760 and 95.1 FM. Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht back here with you live. And before we pause for the national anthem, let's tell you really quickly about Jake Dykoff. He's the Minnesota Crookston Golden Eagles starter today, coming off of a 6-6 six and six year. You know, nothing to write, out, write home about. However, 2.84 ERA and 86 strikeouts in just 73 innings last year. I think the Sharks lineup will have 
quite a tall task ahead of them today. Yeah, certainly a good pitcher, somebody who uh, the numbers might deceive you a little bit when you look at wins and losses, and that's why when it's a pitching stat, it's kind of tough to uh, judge off of that because it's more so almost a team stat, right, especially in baseball. But you mentioned it, the numbers, 2.84 ERA, somebody who can really shut down an opposing offense and a guy who can uh, make guys miss when uh, they swing the bat. 86 strikeouts last season and just 73 innings pitched. Obviously, that's more than a strikeout per inning, just 16 walks as well. So not a guy who's going to just huck it all over the place and walk you, give away free bases, and that's something that's important as they try and win games, as they uh, look to get back into uh, their successful ways after a down season last year. Yeah, looking at the Minnesota Crookston staff, basically as a team to start off with, they were a top 20 squad two years ago, stepped a bit back last year, but are looking to regain that form this season. And all their pitchers are going to be on a pitch count today, in part because, like I mentioned earlier, this is their first time outdoors. So dealing with the actual elements and and, and getting ready for actual baseball is something that I think they're going to have to prepare for. for. But let's step away for a bit as we get the national anthem situation worked out, and we'll be right back. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. The anthems are pow, and the players are warming up. Let's get you ready for baseball today. It's HPU hosting Minnesota Crookston. Starting off for the Golden Eagles, their starting lineup begins with Caden Headley, number nine playing center field. Second batter, number 14, the catcher, Matt Nunn. He's followed by number eight, the left fielder, Jake Jelly. Number 23, the right fielder, Ben Gels, hitting cleanup today. Number 37, the DH, Christian Norby, hitting fifth for Minnesota Crookson. Number 13, third baseman, Mike Hallquist, followed by number 18, first baseman, Teddy Giefer. And number 10, shortstop, Mitch Goodwin, batting eighth, followed by the ninth batter, number 34, second baseman, Sawyer Satrum. Looking over at the Sharks' defensive lineup today, second baseman Nicholas Gio leading off, wearing number two. Number one, left fielder Cole Kashimoto in his familiar spot in the outfield. Tejon Smith playing shortstop, number seven. He's followed by cleanup hitter, number eight, right fielder Kota Suzuki. Number 26, first baseman Travis Johnson hitting fifth for HBU. Number 29, third baseman Richard Higa over at the hot corners. We are underway. The first pitch coming in at... 2.06 p.m. is promptly lined out to center field. So here we are. The 2003 HPU baseball season is underway. And right away, Andrew Hawk, very efficient. One pitch, one out. Great start for the Sharks, exactly the way you want to go. A nice job uh, just putting away an easy line out to center field. Like you mentioned, one pitch, one out, a good way to keep yourself in a game. So Andrew Hawk, the lefty, his first pitch in to Matt Nunn is in there for a called strike. HP wearing their all-black Nike uniforms today with the blue accents and the shark hats. Minnesota Crookson in their white uniforms with the, I'll call them Minnesota Gopher-esque maroon accents. They're basically the same school system as uh, University of Minnesota, so similar color schemes for those of you familiar with those uniforms. One and one the count after a ball in the dirt. Now another ball taken high and inside. Two and one the count to Matt Nunn. Our umpires today, Jim LeBeau behind the dish, Dale Gardner and Ikaika Nishimura on the base paths. The 2-1 pitch is popped up, and it should be in play. The wind's actually going to push it back into the infield, and after judging it for a while, it's going to be corralled by Smith. 
So just like that, two quick outs gathered by HPU. You said it, two quick outs, just five pitches here through two batters. A good start for the Sharks as they are one batter away from getting their own turn at the bats. Uh, though they'll go, or they're going to have to get through Jake Jelly first, who really was the best returning hitter to this lineup uh, from Minnesota Crookston last year. The redshirt junior hit 314 with 13 bombs last year, 38 RBI and 103 total bases. Yeah, Jelly, a right-hander, takes ball one outside, facing the lefty, Andrew Hawk. Hawk working very quickly, already back into the lineup, looking in for his signal. Pretty decent crowd gathering here for this matinee game, our first of our doubleheaders. This ball's whacked out to left center. It has wings, and it is up, up, and aloha. Minnesota Crookston is on the board first with the solo shot. And we talked about it, Paul. This wind is flying out to center and left center, and that's exactly where Jake Jelly smacked that one. I just talked about it. This guy, 13 home runs last season. He has a home run in his first at-bat this season. A great way to start his year, and you said it. The wind flying out towards center field. A guy who didn't need much help to begin with gets a little bit more as that one continues to go. So we'll see if Andrew Hawk can shake off that solo bomb, and he'll face now Ben Gels, the left-handed hitter. So we have a lefty-lefty matchup coming up here. Gels, the right fielder today. He takes the first pitch low and right on the corner for strike one. Yeah, I always – so as a lefty batter, I always found that – Facing those lefty pitchers, it was hard for me to pick up on the ball when I faced off against them. Uh, much easier when you go against a righty as uh, a ball is pitched uh, way into the dirt. Uh, it's just way tougher for lefties to pick that ball up uh, coming out of a left-handed pitcher's hand. and uh, That's why you see right-handers or you see switch hitters take uh, the right-handed approach against lefties. Two straight balls from Hawk now, creating a 2 and one count to Gels. Hawk looking in again, working rather quickly, bouncing around on the rubber a bit, trying to get his rhythm. The 2-1 pitch is popped up. We'll see if that one stays in play. It's drifting, and that'll end up just by our tent, actually. Actually bouncing off our tent, creating a 2-2 count. So a good job by Hawk there of starting behind, now working back to even, count at 2-2. Two and two. Again, you got the first two batters, Headley and Nunn, to fly out and then gave up a long home run to Jake Jelly. This ball is high and inside, making the count full, three and two. Good job by the cleanup hitter here for Minnesota Crookston, forcing a full count. After a quick first two batters, a little bit of uh, a bump in the road here for HPU. Three, two pitch is down and away. So that's gonna be a good job by Gels of gathering the two out walk. And that'll create a runner on base situation for the next hitter, Christian Norby. He's the designated hitter wearing number 37 today. So we'll see if Hawk can work out of trouble for the first time with the runner on base today. Norby, a right-handed hitter. Wearing one of those mid-shin guards on his left leg. First pitch is in and just a bit low, ball one. And Hawk has kind of started to lose the zone here as uh, he 
the confidence seems a little bit off after giving up that home run. He's got to find it once again, find his balance point, and then deliver the pitch. And that'll do it to you. You get two quick outs and give up a bomb. It kind of shakes your confidence. Is right on cue, another ball. So 2-0 and to Christian Norby. Runner on first is Ben Gels. He walked, and that preceded Jake Jelly's long home run, a majestic blast to left center field that put Minnesota Crookston on top, 1-0. Here with two out in the top of the first. The 1-0 pitch is high and away, and that bounces off the glove of the catcher for HPU, Taylor, but no advance, so no harm, no foul. However, it is a 2-0 count to the dangerous hitter in Christian Norby. Yeah, Sharks lucky there that not a good dirt ball read by the Golden Eagles. Uh, have to retreat back to first base. So Hawk looking in from the stretch, 2-0 pitch. Here it comes, and it's going to be taken. Oh, just on the corner for a called strike, a generous strike called there by umpire Jim LeBeau. I thought that might be on the high side, actually. Sometimes that's all you need, though, to get your mojo back, and, uh, and that's exactly what Hawk needs right now as he's struggled after the home run. 2-1 pitch, a swung on and miss, a nice pickup throw. Oh, down to first base. However, the runner was already taken off, so he's going to get credited with the stolen base. A nice job there by the runner on first, Gels. He realized he was going to get picked off, so instead of coming back, just took off for a second and created a stolen base. Yeah, that secondary lead just a little bit too far, and he actually baits the catcher into a throw behind him and then does the smart thing and just takes off as soon as he sees that throwing motion begin. Uh, lucky that the throw actually did go to first base instead of a fake throw because then gets stuck in no man's land but now runner in scoring position with two men out so the 3-1 count and this ball's popped up to left so we'll see if HP can get out of the inning the shortstop TJ Smith calls for it and makes the nice over the shoulder catch to end the inning but Minnesota Crookston does pick up a run on the solo homer by Jake Jelly and we'll come back with the bottom of the first to see what HPU can do this is Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network Sharks Baseball brought to you by Pioneer Electric Inc. on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back here at Central Oahu Regional Park, HPU about to get its first hacks of the 2023 season. Trailing by one to visiting Minnesota Crookson in this season opening doubleheader action for you. This will be a nine inning game followed by our seven inning back end of the doubleheader on the mound for Minnesota Crookston is Jake Dykoff we mentioned it in the pregame show 6-6 six and six last year but a 2-8-4 ERA and 83 strikeouts in just 70 some odd innings so definitely a lot of power to him and only 16 walks so he's going to be around the plate yeah, a guy who controls his pitches very, very well. A reason that he gets the opening day start here today for the Golden Eagles. And uh, he looks to have a shutdown inning after his offense starts the game off pretty well, gives him a run to work with, and uh, forces his opposing pitcher, or the opposing pitcher, to kind of throw a few, uh, few extra pitches after it looked like he might have gotten it out easy. Nicholas Geo leading things off for HPU, the right-handed hitter facing the right-handed pitcher. Gio, Kashimoto Smith, Suzuki Johnson Higa, followed by DJ Stevens, Chase Taylor, and the freshman from Marinol, Noah Hata today. That first pitch was in there for a ball. Second pitch, taken down low ball two 
Good job by Gio so far. Trying to work the count a bit. Well, that's exactly what you want to do, too, after that uh, a tough end to that first top half of the first inning because your own pitcher eh, just needs a little bit of time to regroup. And Gio smacks this one out to left field. However, it's going to drift more to center and will be caught there by Headley. So just a bit under it for Gio. He got it into that jet stream out to left center, but not, not quite enough pop on that one. Yeah, right off the bat, I thought might have a chance to carry to the wall an extra base hit. Uh, but then kind of started to get held up there. Center fielder puts it away for the first out. And that'll bring up Cole Kashimoto, the diminutive left fielder, wears number one and bats left. A couple of bat shakes for Kashimoto, the veteran. Here's the windup and the pitch. Oh, and that's going to hit Kashimoto on the leg. A good job there by the number two hitter of getting on base. And he represents the first HPU base runner of the 2023 campaign. Nice job standing in there. Uh, a lot of times in basketball, they talk about how players give their body up for the team. Uh, same thing in baseball, softball, uh, these other sports where uh, you take a fastball, you take an off-speed pitch uh, to the meat of uh, the leg or the backside and uh, earns a base here. Pickoff attempt there by Dykoff. Kashimoto back in time. And you mentioned that a lot of coaches will say, hey, stand in there and take it. It's a lot easier said than done. So good job by Kashimoto sacrificing his body there, helping the team. He has a relatively small lead off of first, and he goes, swing and a miss. And a nice job there. A good jump by Kashimoto. Not a big lead, but a great jump, and he steals second with relative ease. And that's one of the things that I love about baseball. It doesn't really matter your size. You could be six foot four, two hundred pounds, or you could be you know, five foot two and 110 pounds. Either way, you can find a way to be effective uh, as he gets on base and immediately starts the running game up for the Sharks. So TJ Smith batting here with a runner on second now. Here's the delivery, and that one is swung on and missed. Smith fooled a bit as he was trying to pull it left, but the pitch sailed to the outside corner. Smith down 0-2 because he swung at that pitch that Kashimoto stole on. See if he can get the runner over with the pitcher's count facing him. Dykoff working from the stretch, peering in for his sign. Now he's set, holding his glove right even with his eyes. Comes home. And that ball swung on and missed. A good job there by Dykoff of working the fastball, getting Smith to strike out. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. The first strikeout of the 2023 season for Dykoff. Uh, mentioned it in the pregame, his uh, propensity to strike out batters uh, and uh, see the first one of the season for him here. Here's newcomer Kota Suzuki, the cleanup hitter for HPU. Left-handed batter. Runner on second. Two out, bottom of the first, HPU trailing one to nothing. And that pitch just a bit outside by Jake Dykoff. Defense playing relatively straight away. Suzuki waiting, here's the 1-0 pitch. And that one's taken just in the outside corner for a called strike there by umpire Jim LeBeau. Good job here by Dykoff early 
He's doing a good job attacking the corners. Uh, that's something when you have the velocity that he has uh, really makes it hard. And you can see why he might be the ace of this staff during this 2023 season for Minnesota Crookston. Here's the 1-1 pitch, and that one is a check swing by Suzuki. Umpire LeBeau calls the strike there. So a 1-2 count now. Golden Eagles looking to get out of this inning unscathed. The runner, Kashimoto, was hit by a pitch on his leg and is now at second following a stolen base. The wind continuing to blow here at Patsumik Central Oahu Regional Park. Suzuki with a 1-2 count here, waiting for it. Here it comes. And that one is lined up the middle. This one's going to get down. And Kashimoto racing around third. He'll score easily. And just like that, this game is tied at one on the Suzuki single to center. That's just great baseball right there. Hit by pitch, stolen base, and then a great job fighting that ball off, taking it the other way. And uh, all of a sudden, this game's tied at one because of the speed and the uh, contact ability of the Sharks. And Kashimoto's fired up. He's sprinting into the dugout as his teammates gather around him good sign to see after hpu fell behind by one run now tying it up we got a brand new ball game here in the first a bit of an angry pickoff move there by jake dykoff trying to get some of that aggression out of following the two-strike hit that he just gave up travis johnson now hitting for hpu the right-handed first baseman Suzuki leading off of first, and he's going to take off. Let's see if he can get a stolen base as well. That throw is perfect, though, right on the money, and Suzuki is going to be thrown out, stealing. That was a bullet tossed by Matt Nunn. Nothing more going on for HPU, but the all-important two-out run ties this game at one. We'll be back for second inning action. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht here, you, here with you. Second inning action, HPU in Minnesota Crookston tied at one. Leading off the inning, Mike Hallquist takes two quick balls and now gets a strike thrown by Andrew Hawk. Both Hawk and Dykoff so far, one inning apiece, one hit, one run. So an even matchup so far as this ball sails high, three and one now to count to Hallquist. And a really nice job by the Sharks to put up a run and get your pitcher that run that he gave up right back. You know, it gives him that confidence so he can come back out this inning and attack once again. Nice fastball up high, swung on and missed by Hallquist, pushing the count full, three and two. With nobody on, working from the windup is Andrew Hawk. Sees his sign, now comes home with it. Oh, just a bit high. That's going to be a leadoff walk for Hallquist. Good job there by Hallquist. Leads the inning off with a well-timed uh, walk. It's not what you want if you're the HPU Sharks there, uh, as walks normally come back to bite you. Let's see if they can maybe turn one on the ground, uh, roll a double play going up the middle, or uh, maybe a strikeout here. Just need some sort of out to get the momentum back on your side if you're Hawk. Teddy Giefer, the first baseman for Minnesota Crookson, stepping in. Lefty on lefty matchup here as he takes strike one down at the knees. Hulquist leading off a of first. Not even to the cut of the grass, so he doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Right when I say that, he takes two more big steps out. And this pitch is going to be lined down the left field line out of play. There's a lot of foul territory here on the fenced-in field here at Central Oahu Regional Park, so something to keep an eye on, not only for balls 
down the line, but also on missed throws. You can easily turn an errant pickoff throw into two more bases. Here's the 1-1 pitch, and high and away, nice catch there by the catcher Chase Taylor grabbing that one, preventing a wild pitch. That's going to be important today, too, because this Minnesota Crookston team, while they do have power, some else they do have some speed. They're going to get along on the base pass and put pressure on defense, uh, make you make plays, make the catcher make plays as that ball's fouled off. Yeah, and excuse me, swing there by Giefer is a welcome sight for Hawk, who now works the count in his favor, one and two. The leadoff hitter, Hallquist, leading off of first. We're tied at one, top of the second inning, no out. Here's the 1-2 pitch, and it's going to be lined to right field and in there for a hit. A nice job with two strikes, and the runner's going to go first to third, but the throw is on line. What a gun there by the right fielder, Kota Suzuki, on two hops to the third baseman. He got beautiful tag, and that runner, the leadoff hitter, Hallquist, is out at third. Beautiful throw right there on a line from right field, and... A nice job picking the, her ball at third base uh, by Higa. Applies the tag, and uh, just all of a sudden you get that big out, the first out of the inning at third base, and uh, that single you kind of shake off. You're like, whatever, because we just got the lead runner. And the good news for HPU is Giefer didn't advance to second. So worst case on that, you could have had runners at second and third with nobody out, but here you have just a runner on first following the single and the all-important one out as Goodwin, the new hitter, the shortstop, takes strike one on the off-speed pitch down the middle. That's a big shot in the arm for Hawk, who gave up that first inning home run, has been kind of battling with control, but works even now, pardon me, ahead 0-2 to Mitch Goodwin on that fastball down the middle. Yeah, and you expect to see that, especially in first game of the season, early season. Pitchers just kind of trying to find that control, their touch around the strike zone, and uh, especially with a pitcher who isn't necessarily just trying to pump it in there with velocity, but hit the corners and uh, go at different eye levels, change eye levels for batters. It is going to be important that he gets a few pitches in there. Okay, so we're going to have a... Called strike three on the batter by the first base umpire, Dale Gardner. We're, we're going to have to get some analysis on this. This might have been something where the batter stepped out of the box too long without permission, and that's something that we're trying to get to speed up the game, one of the new rules. So it, I think it goes down as a strikeout. I, I think so as well. I know Either that or it's going to be a put-out to the catcher because he's the closest defender. Right, right. I mean, baseball all the way up to the top level in Major League Baseball is trying to speed the game up a little bit there. Wouldn't shock me uh, to see, though. Perhaps there's a, there's an explanation that's going to come on the way. Uh, it, it's tough to uh, a swallow, but it is nice to see officials, uh, umpires, uh, making sure that the rules are going to be followed. And if that's going to be what it is... Uh, you have to, have to follow the rules. Uh, better get used to it early on. No better time than the first game. So we did make a correct prediction there. It was a 10-second violation, essentially, by the batter taking too much time. And it's going to be a, a strike, which results in a called strike looking. And, wow, we're going to have to keep an eye on Coach Steve Gus from Minnesota Crooks then <laughs> giving an earful to home umpire Jim LeBeau. 
as the next pitch to Sawyer Satram, the next batter is fouled off. So just like that, a leadoff batter on the walk. He gets thrown out trying to advance as Teddy Giefer singles to right, and then a called strike three to Mitch Goodwin has HPU in prime position here. Runner on first, two out. Uh, it's a heck of a way to get your first strikeout of the 2023 season if you're Andrew Hawk, but uh, a big, like you said, shot in the arm now twice this inning with the uh, put out from right field to third base and now a unconventional strikeout. Satram fouls this one off out of play, so quickly one and two, Hawk is ahead. We're tied at one here in the top of the second season opening baseball contest between HPU and visiting Minnesota Crookston. It's the first time the Golden Eagles have been outside playing baseball in about four to five months with all the weather and snow they've been dealing with as this ball is high and away. Two and two the count to Satram. They're obviously welcoming this uh, low 80 degree day and tropical winds blowing through. Two and two pitch to Satram. Is swung on and missed. So after allowing the leadoff walk, Hawk bounces back and retires the side. And we're tied at one, going to the bottom of the second. It's HPU and Minnesota Crooks, and we'll be back with the home half of the second frame. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hawaii Pacific Health presents HPU Sharks Baseball on HSRN, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back here at Central Oahu Regional Park, HPU tied with Minnesota Crooks in one-to-one. We head to the home half of the second inning. Leading things off for the Sharks is Travis Johnson. He was at the plate when Kota Suzuki was thrown out trying to steal second, so he'll get a Hanaho plate opportunity here. Johnson will be followed by Richard Higa and DJ Stevens. First pitch is lined up the middle. A great first swing opportunity, and that's going to be a single for Johnson. Wow, what a shot. Good contact right on the sweet spot of the bat. He sends it right directly up the middle. Almost took off Tykoff's head as uh, that one trickled into center field. And now the leadoff man aboard for the Sharks. Yeah, coaches like to say you want to take that ball right up the box, and he did that just there. Giving way to Higa now as Johnson leads off a of first. And Higa ropes it down the right field line. This one's going to get legs. It's down into the corner. Bounces off the fence as Higa strolls into second. And Johnson is going to be waved home. Right field to second base to home. And the tag is in time. Wow, what a play by Minnesota Crookston to get the runner at home. Fantastic relay from right fielder to the shortstop, number 10. Goodwin all the way back to home. And then just in time to get Johnson coming around third. I thought it was a... Risky send by the third base coach, but one that I like here early on to try and set the tone if you're the Sharks. Uh, just doesn't work out as Johnson thrown out for the first out of the inning. So he go with the double, and he stretched it, moving over to third on the throw. So the good news for HPU, they still have a runner in scoring position with one out. And that ball outside to Stevens. Let me ask you a question. Put your coaching hat on for me, Paul. With no out, do you maybe play a little more conservative there on the runner, or do you like the fact that Coach Fujinaka sent that runner home? Uh, me personally, I'm probably holding the runner second and third because I saw that the throw was on the outfield grass there, uh, one cut. But I also don't hate the send there, especially when you know you're 
uh, players better than uh, perhaps I do uh, and his speed. It was a very close play, took a perfect relay, and uh, that's exactly what the Golden Eagles got there to get the first out of the second inning. And the pitch here to DJ Stevens is right on the corner. Ball, pardon me, four is strike, one and one. The count from Dykoff. We're still knotted at one. One out here in the home half of the second. HP threatening, though, with the runner on third. That's Higa. He doubled and moved to third. Swing and a foul ball by Stevens. Stevens, the speedy center fielder who has quite an arm himself. Minnesota Crookson was actually commenting before the game at how impressed they were with his fielding ability. Let's see if he can come throughout the plate here. Yeah, when uh, talking about scouting baseball players, talk a lot about five-tool players. That's two of them, uh, your hitting ability, your contact ability, along with your defense, your arm strength there. Uh, so far, he fouls that one off. Uh, we've seen the defense a bit. Let's see if he can uh, get something going at the plate. It's been quite impressive with this opening game that the defense has been as solid as it has. Normally, you might expect some miscues, and there's still a lot of time, of course, but... It's not often you have a nice 9-6-2 to six to two relay in the second inning. Especially considering this is Minnesota Crookston's first time outside, like we've mentioned a few times now. Uh, they don't necessarily have that uh, space that it takes to practice those relays. DJ Steven swings on a high fastball. That's going to be out number two, and HPU is going to need to get a two-out hit or maybe even an error to try to get this run home from third. It'll be up to Chase Taylor, the catcher, batting eighth today for HPU. And that pitch is taken for a strike on the outside corner, a breaking ball. Jake Dykoff trying to work out of trouble again. He gave up a run in the first inning. Now a runner on third. Seen some impressive defensive plays from each side here in uh, each half of the second inning. This ball taken high and inside, one and one the count now on Taylor. Remember in the top half of the inning, uh, the bullet throw from right field to third base to get the first out of the inning, and then this one here to save a run, the relay, like you mentioned, right fielder to the shortstop all the way to home plate in the catcher. He go with a moderate lead off a of third. This ball's lined to right center. It has legs. It is off the fence and right. And a great job there by Taylor going oppo, and he's going to go to third. The throw is coming, but not going to be on time. He's in there with a sliding triple. And just like that, HPU takes its first lead, 2-1, to one, here in the second. And we were just talking about the other catcher uh, finishing off a play. How about HPU's catcher, Taylor, there, a rope into the right center field gap and then hustling right out of the box, never stopped, takes a nice turn at second base and slides safely into third. Uh, great job. Only needed a single. Now all of a sudden, Sharks threatening with the lead. And freshman Noah Hata gets his first Sharks at bat, and what an opportunity to come through here. The runner on third and two out as Hata takes this one on the outside corner. Hata not impressed with that straight call. Neither am I, honestly. Yeah, well, it's a tough part of baseball. You don't always get to control the calls that you get, but he's going to have to keep fighting here in his first at-bat of the season. Oh, Dykoff steps off there. I think he got caught with, the, with a gust of wind and tried to alter his his approach a bit. We mentioned we've had gale winds here in Hawaii touching 50 miles an hour and upward. Not as strong today, but definitely a factor as this ball in the outside corner. And again, Hata laughing a bit, not impressed with that outside strike call, but 
That's uh, right in Jim LeBeau's wheelhouse, the home plate umpire today, and batters will have to adjust. Well, oftentimes as well, the first at-bat that you have in a game, you're going to learn that home plate umpire's strike zone. Hata ropes this one foul down the right field line off the Minnesota Crookston front-facing dugout. Here, Hata's seen that strike zone on the outside corner, inside. The, the corners are being called today. That's something he'll have to adjust to in his second at-bat, something he can adjust to still here in his first. Dykoff working quickly, and this ball's going to be grounded to first. First baseman steps back, fields it, and tosses it over to first in time to Dykoff for out number three. But HPU does surge ahead 2-1 to one after two innings played. We'll be back. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Back here at Central Oahu Regional Park, Kyle Galdera and Paul Brecht. Before we start the inning off, a pre-inning conversation between Minnesota Crookston coach Steve Gust and home plate umpire Jim LeBeau amid a couple of wind gusts here at YPO. I've been curious how long it would take you to put those two together, Gust and a wind gust. Uh, shocked we made it to the top of the third inning. Uh, kind of slacking, Kyle. Not slacking is Andrew Hawk for HPU. The crafty lefty throwing in the low 80s so far, trying to ramp his arm up a bit in the first game of the season. First ball down low. Second ball called strike in the outside corner. This is Caden Headley leading off for Minnesota Crookston, the leadoff batter. He lined out to center field in his first at bat. Facing a 1-1 count. This breaking ball looked to be on the corner, but just outside. Already a better at-bat, this time from Headley, uh, who lined out, like you mentioned, to center field on the first pitch of the game. Already seen now four pitches in this one. And he smokes this one to center. Stevens on his horse, and this ball's over his head off the fence. Good job getting to it, though, and whips it in, keeping Headley to a double. Wow, that ball was ripped to center right into that jet stream, and the leadoff batter for Minnesota Crookston is on second. You said it, that ball on a rope, and... Right into the wind, goes all the way to the field, bounces up, or field, pardon me, all the way to the fence, bounces up against it, and then a really nice job on the relay to get the ball in quickly and hold Headley to just double. It reminds me of uh, Blazing Saddles. It's Headley. <laughs> Steven's the best outfielder for HPU, so that was the guy you want it to have hit to, as this is going to be a... Stolen base for Minnesota Crookston. Headley had got a long lead off a second, a backdoor throw by Taylor, but by the time it got there, again, the aggressive running by Headley, he moves over to third. So just like that, a leadoff runner on third base with nobody out here in the top of the third. And that's the second time now that we've seen Taylor get, I'll say tricked by this uh, Minnesota Crookston uh, team as they stole uh, a base in the first inning there on uh, – a throw behind and then another one here. And Coach Dane Fujinaka is going to call time and come out to argue. And he's claiming interference by the batter sticking his bat out on essentially the fake swing trying to get the runner over. So he's arguing that because of that, it altered the throw from the catcher who threw high to second. It wasn't an error, but it did allow the runner to move over quickly. But umpire Jim LeBeau not having that argument, so we'll Remain here with a runner on third for Minnesota Crookston. Nobody out. Top of the third. HPU leading 2-1. to one. Quickly shut down uh, Coach Dane. <laughs> They're uh, 
Good job by Dane, making sure he's sticking up for his guys, but also not making enemies with the umpires. This will bring up Matt Nunn, who takes the first pitch in there for strike one, looking. Nunn, a left-handed batter, basically with the infield back. The corners are in, though. If he can hit this one up the middle on the ground, it'll get a run in. Interesting move here by HP of playing corners in because they know if a hard grounder comes to them, they can get that runner at home, hopefully, if he breaks home. Yeah, it looks like they'll concede the runner should it go to one of the middle infielders at second or short, but it uh, looks like the ball will be coming home if it's hit to either corner. This ball swung on and missed by none. He gets none of it there. One and two the count now. And now the corner's back up. So with two strikes, they know that their pitcher can be a bit more liberal with what he throws and that the bunt is probably off. And this ball's in there for a called strike three. None knew it, and it was a great pitch. An off-speeder by Hawk for out number one here in the third. You said it went off-speed and froze the batter. None really just kind of had his knees buckle right in front of him as he watched the pitch go down the middle for strike three. Uh, exactly what you need after a leadoff double and then stolen base. Uh, good job here, and now an opportunity to maybe hold uh, the damage to one or less uh, with one out. Jake Jelly comes up now here. He hit, he hit that leadoff, pardon me, two-out home run in the first inning, and Jelly grounds it to third. They're going to come home and get the runner at the plate. It's going to go 5-2 to two on the putout. He got to Taylor, and just like that, Jelly reaches on the fielder's choice, but most importantly, Headley's out at home, two outs here in the third. Great heads-up play there by the third baseman. Comes home immediately, and uh, Higa cuts down a run uh, by the Golden Eagles and uh, sustains the lead now in the th top of the third inning for the Sharks. That'll bring up Ben Gels. He walked and stole a base in the first inning. He's the right fielder, taking strike one called. So we'll see if HPU can get out of a big jam. There is a runner on third, nobody out. So far, two more outs collected and no runs in. Here's the pitch. It's high and inside for ball one. Andrew Hawk doing a good job of working out of trouble. A lot of confidence now. We saw that a waver a bit after Jelly hit that home run in the first, but now he seems to be a bit more dialed in. Crafty lefty pitches it in. This one's fall, fouled away as the runner was trying to take second on the play. Jelly will go back to first on the stolen base attempt that was fouled away. Hit and run in play. Uh, just fouls the ball away there, though. Uh, got a good jump. Probably would have been able to score should that have found any outfield grass. So Jell's here down with a 1-2 count. Takes this one high and inside for ball two. Deuces wild here. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Top of the third inning. Minnesota Crookston trailing HPU 2-1. to one. Jell's with the first inning walk. We'll see what it can do here. And actually a pickoff attempt by Hawk. And that was a smart move because you never know if maybe Minnesota Crookston will send the runner there trying to get some something in motion, basically trying to disrupt the timing there. Well, we've seen the Golden Eagles early on be aggressive on the base path, so good to keep them at play. Ooh, so that one's one. fouled off, I think. Okay. We're waiting for the call. It was a late call by home plate umpire Jim LeBeau. The runner, the batter part of me, swung and missed, but it appeared to glance off the knob of his bat. So we're basically going to come back and do it 
Okay, because he went around and the ball hit him, it's going to be called strike three. So just like that, Minnesota Crookston is out of it here in the third. And, again, Coach Steve Gust is going to be arguing his case because that's now two times that the umpires have called strikeouts on non-traditional plays. Uh, non-traditional for sure, but uh, certainly the right call. So when we come back, we'll have bottom of the third for you. HPU leading Minnesota Crookston 2-1. to one. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back here, top of the third, pardon me, bottom of the third, HPU leading Minnesota Crookston 2-1. to one. Leading things off for the Sharks will be Nicholas Geo. He fly it out to center fielder to start this game. And first pitch coming here, and it's going to be a check swing called strike from Jake Dykoff. Paul, we were mentioning two unconventional strikeouts so far by HPU, and you always hear that every time you see a baseball game, you're probably going to see something new, and I think we've seen it twice today. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, a, I'm a Yankees fan. I, I'll admit it, unfortunately. I know people might might not like that, but I'll listen to a lot of radio broadcasts, uh, and that's baseball, Susan, uh, John Sterling's line. <laughs> this ball low and away. Nicholas Gio now ahead in the count 2-1. to one. Gio, the right-handed hitter, facing the righty Jake Dykoff. This ball is going to be fouled away to the left side. Two and two the count. So the wind continues to whip through Central Oahu Regional Park here, where HPU is playing its home games this year due to Hans LaRange Park being under construction. Two and two the pitch. And this one's lined up the middle. A base hit for Gio leading off, and a great start for HPU here in the third. Once again, leadoff batter on for the Sharks as they look to get something going in the bottom of the third. And we're going to expand our broadcast booth, our broadcast tent here behind home plate, welcoming in Kyle Galdera, Paul Brecht, and now Cole Cabrera joining us today. Aloha, Cole. How's it? It's going great. Beautiful day at the ballpark here at Central Oahu Regional Park. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Yeah, Cole was a former UH player, now Cal Poly, and now he's back here with us. And talk about those strikeouts. We had the one where the batter was called out because he was out of the box for too long, 10 seconds. And then we had that where the batter swung, got hit with it, but because he went around, he got called for the strikeout. Yeah, that's one of those weird things in baseball where, um, you know, you get beamed and you swing and you're still out. Um, you know, we don't see that too often uh, at the ballpark, but uh, the umpires handled it pretty well. Um, Coach Dane uh, handled that pretty well. So, um, you know, glad we got that resolved pretty quickly. So Cole Kashimoto standing in here after a few pickoff throws. Shows bunt, pulls it back, swings and misses. Kashimoto, the spark plug of this lineup. Not the tallest player by far, but probably I'd, I'd argue to say the most energy per square inch in this guy's body. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment of him. Uh, he's the one who got the scoring started for the Sharks, tied this one up in the bottom of the first inning, got hit by a pitch, and immediately stole a base on the next uh pitch it was uh, what he does he's just a little small game type of guy right and he's the guy who he's not afraid to throw down a bunt he's going to make contact and he's going to put pressure on the opposing team on the base paths as he swings and misses there so two strikes on Kashimoto another throw over to first and Cole with Nicholas Gio getting that leadoff hit how important is that for a team to get that momentum started nobody on 
or pardon me, nobody out, run around first. Oh, most definitely. When, when you never get the leadoff guy on um, on base, you know, it just creates a lot of opportunities for the offense that inning. And so, um, you know, with Gio getting on right there, uh, being the leadoff guy, he's probably got some speed. So, you know, Coach Dang got the option, you know, maybe hit and run, maybe put him in action. Um, and so it's always great when you got the top of the order uh, getting on base for the guys behind him. Kashimoto after taking a ball in the dirt, another pickoff throw. So Dykoff paying a lot of attention to Gio over at first. And that's good for HPU because in addition to racking up the pitch count, you know, you, you, you count those stress throws over to first base. They don't count in the box score, but they definitely add up as far as fatigue is concerned. So Kashimoto awaits the 1-2 pitch. Here it is outside, just a bit outside, 2-2 two and two now. That's Kashimoto with a keen eye for the strike zone. I thought it was just a bit outside, but then I saw him take a step back, and I thought it might also be just a tad bit high as well. Obviously, we talked about the smaller frame uh, of the number two hitter here for HPU, uh, and a cool thing about baseball is that every player differs uh, just like a snowflake, and that means their uh, strike zone differs just like a snowflake. And this ball ripped to second. It's going to go off the ground, so good job there by Minnesota Crookston of letting it fall and then making the play. That's going to be the second baseman, Sawyer Stratum. Basically let it bounce, flipped it over to second, then over to first for the double play. And just like that, two outs, nobody on for HPU here in the third. Yeah, big time turn, a big time momentum flip for the Golden Eagles there. A nice job, you mentioned it, letting the ball hit the ground, turn that one. A little bit of confusion on the pace pass for the Sharks as... Uh, you said it, Gio uh, stopped about midway through uh, his run there and wasn't sure if he should continue or go back to first. So Tejon Smith up here swinging at strike one. HPU leading here in the third, two to one. They got runs in both the first and second innings. And that's following Minnesota Crookston's solo home run off the bat of Jake Jelly to start the game in the first. This ball taken high by Smith. This ball grounded to short. Actually, the third baseman's going to range over and get it. That's a great job there by Hallquist of taking the right angle, getting it, and whipping it over to first to get Smith. And that'll retire HPU in the third. We'll be back with fourth inning action. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Fourth inning just underway. Christian Norby, after taking a strike, grounds it to third. And a quick out number one as Higa over to Johnson, retiring the leadoff batter, Norby. It's always a good start to the inning when you can get two pitches and one out. Andrew Hawk doing a great job. The lefty pinned to a 2-1 to one lead here in the top of the fourth inning. That'll bring up Mike Hallquist. He reached on a walk last time up in the second inning. Pitch by Hawk is swung on and missed. A good job there. The velocity not great today as far as comparative to some of the other pitchers HPU has, but Hawk is living in the low 80s and more importantly a crafty lefty, moving things around a bit. Starting to find his uh, location a lot better as the game goes on as well and uh, while we've mentioned he's not necessarily the hardest thrower on the Shark staff, uh, a guy who tries to pitch actually attack the corners uh, and not actually uh, just throw as hard as he can and hope for the best. Mike Hallquist now ahead in the count, two and one. Here's the pitch, and that one swung on and missed. A good job there by Hawk, evening the count. 
as the wind picks up again. You can hear it blowing through our broadcast position behind home plate. Hawkwist asks for time, trying to throw off the rhythm of Hawk. And here's the pitch fouled off. Let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification. You're listening to the HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Home of HPU Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760 and 95.1 FM. Kyle Galdera, Paul Brecht, and our special guest Cole Cabrera joining you here today from YPO. It's opening day for HPU Baseball mid-afternoon here at Central Oahu Regional Park. One out here in the top of the fourth, and this ball is roped down the left field line. Kashimoto goes after it, and it's going to fall just foul by about a foot just in front of the left field fence. So Hawk can breathe a sigh of relief after that one. Sharks catch a break right there, as you mentioned it, just outside the uh, fair, ter fair territory. Pardon me. Uh, so instead of something that could have been extra bases, it's just a long strike. So Hallquist, after hustling down the second, has to come all the way back home. What probably would have been a stand-up double, maybe even a triple now, just a long strike. Yeah, got to take his time to catch his breath here and walking back into the box. Just not 10 seconds, make sure. Here's the 2-2 pitch, high and away. Paul alluding to the called strikeout against Mitch Goodwin earlier in the game where he got strike three by taking more than 10 seconds to get ready to, to hit. Here's the 3-2 pitch. That one is popped up. Should be, oh, it might be a no man's land, and it is. It falls right in the Bermuda Triangle of the shortstop left fielder and center fielder. And not only is it in for a hit, but the hustling Hallquist gets in there for a double. And Hallquist was thinking too straight out of the box. He's running out of first base, takes a great turn around, or runs out of the box, takes a great turn around first base, and uh, like you said, falls right in no man's land, and immediately turns his sights to second base. And Cole, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. As a batter, how hard is it popping it up to kind of focus and say, hey, even though the guy might catch it, I'm going to be hustling, trying to get the double on that play. Yeah, that's the only thing you can do is just, you know, hustle out of the box and, and sprint around first base thinking of extra bases. Um, you know, Holquist did a great job right there. Um, kind of, you know, muscling one in to left center field and, uh, you know, just hustling all the way. And so now he gets runners to scoring position with less than two outs. So hopefully... Um, you know, his teammate can pick him up and do some damage. Teddy Giefer now with two balls on a Hawk pitch that was just off the in, pardon me, the outside corner to the lefty Giefer. Giefer singled in his first at bat in the second inning. Top of the fourth, runner on second, one out. Minnesota Crooks in trailing two to one as a strike is tossed in there by Hawk. And with one out, a situation here where even a productive out to the right side by Giefer would be welcomed by Minnesota Crookson. The 2-1 pitch taken. Oh, it looked to be a strike, but apparently maybe a little high. Yeah, obviously just missed the zone there, uh, according to our home play umpire. But now a count where you can do damage if you're a hitter and really kind of let go if they give you a pitch. Oh, and there's the outside corner slider. Good job there answering by Hawk. Maybe a makeup call. You know, the umpires sometimes tend to do that if they realize there was a close pitch. They follow it up with a bit of a gift, but 
No matter how it shakes out, a full count to Giefer. Runner on second following the double by Hallquist. We are where we're supposed to be. Ball don't lie. And that pitch is swung on and missed. A huge strikeout, making it two outs for Minnesota Crookston. Way to go by Hawk, battling back from what was a 3-1 count, getting the strikeout. And I'm sure there's some frustration over on the uh, or Minnesota Crookston uh, bench after that at bat because obviously you think you get a walk. He's essentially halfway down to first base, and umpire says, no, come on back and let's have one more pitch. So the first pitch here to Goodwin is swung on and missed in the dirt. And Cole Cabrera, I'll bring you back in, the former UH and Cal Poly player. What is your approach here? Runner on second, two out. Obviously, you don't want to do too much, but also you want to get that guy home. Yeah, most definitely. I'm just setting my sights kind of in the middle of the field. Um, you know, with, uh, with the pitcher on the mound right now, um, he's been throwing a little off speed you know, early in the count. So, you know, maybe sit on a breaking ball early in the count and then just battle with two strikes. But just looking... Looking to do damage, you know, up the middle um, and score the run and tie the game up. Goodwin with a 1-1 count. He's the guy we mentioned was called on the 10-second violation strikeout in the second inning. Swings and misses here, so the opposing shortstop having a bit of difficulty getting a bat on ball here. And that's good news for HPU up by one here in the fourth inning, trying to strand another runner in scoring position. Norby started the inning by grounding out, then Hallquist doubled, and he's still there following the Teddy Giefer strikeout. This ball up, not in this count at two and two. Two outs. Defense playing straight away. Maybe shifted a little bit to the left in the outfield, but infielders at least playing straight away. Goodwin calls for time. Do we have another discussion here? The pitcher is looking around saying, what's going on? Okay, now we have a... Was that a pitching 10-second? No, no. They said it was... The count was 3-1. There's some confusion because I also don't have it as 3-1. I at least have two strikes on the board uh, yeah, for so this do I. hitter. Checking now with the first base umpire. Two and two. Okay, confirming. Two and two. Two and two. Two outs. Top of the fourth inning. HPU still leading two to one. Back to live action. Mitch Goodwin with a two-two count. He pops this one up and out of play. So already a couple of interesting umpire coach discussions, and luckily, at least here in the fourth inning, nothing too contentious. Now we're just getting back into baseball season, you know? Everybody's having some nice, fun conversations, making sure nobody's rusty. And speaking of coaching confrontations, I've got to give a shout-out to HPU pitching coach Ash Kuhaulua, who might actually be listening to us. He's not with the team right now because he got ejected in the HPU final game of last season and has to watch this game or be in the parking lot. I actually see him in straight, straightaway center field, so... Uh, if you're listening to us, Ash, hang in there, buddy. We'll catch you in the second game. But Ash's pitching staff is definitely working hard, started by Andrew Hawk and his great effort so far today. Yeah, so far, uh, got to make sure that he's not making his way into the dugout with a disguise, toss on one of those uh, Bobby Valentine glasses and a mustache. Uh, but I think you're right. I think I see him out there in center field. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back and uh, 
maybe a little less locked in. I'm sure he's super locked in out there, uh, a little less locked in, but still locked in for game two. Yeah, Coach Ash told us on his way out to center field, man, this is a long walk. <laughs> so good win after fouling off two more pitches still with a 2-2 count. Two outs here, runner on second. Hawk trying to work out of trouble. And that pitch is on the inside corner called strike three. That's the second strikeout looking for God Goodwin. And just like that, HPU out of the jam again. We'll go to the home half of the fourth. Sharks leading 2-1. to one. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Sharks doing a good job of working out of trouble here so far today. Holding on to a 2-1 lead as we go to the home half of the fourth inning. Leading off for the Sharks will be Kota Suzuki. He had a big RBI single in the first inning to give the Sharks their first run. Takes ball one down low. It'll be Suzuki followed by Travis Johnson and Richard Higa. This ball is ripped to right field and it's actually going to drift over and will be caught by the center fielder. So again, you see that wind really taking control of the baseball today and turning what could have been a double to right center into a long pop fly to center field. Yeah, and we mentioned it in the pregame. You got to play around the wind. It's part part of baseball, part of playing outside in natural elements, whether it's rains, or I, I almost said snow, or sun. Uh, not getting much snow here in Hawaii. <laughs> Maybe our Minnesota Crookson fans can relate to that. They're supposedly, from what we heard, still digging out of snow, you know, this part of February, but mahalo to all of you tuning in from Minnesota. Minnesota Crookston trailing 2-1 to one here as a Ground ball by Johnson over the third. Toss to first, and a nice job there. Picking it up by the third baseman, Mike Hallquist, for a quick out number two. Nice play there by Hallquist. Uh, fields it, spins, and throws while he finishes his little turn there. Tough to keep your balance and make sure the throw is online, and for the most part it was a little up the baseline, or down the baseline, but... Uh, Nice job by the first baseman scooping it. And quickly, Richard Higa now on the first pitch, grounds out the second. It'll be 4-3, to three, and just like that, HPU goes 1-2-3 to end the fourth inning, but still has a 2-1 lead. We'll be back with more. This is HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM at AM 760. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park. Kyle Galdera here with you along with Paul Brecht and our special guest analyst, Cole Cabrera. HPU falling behind one to nothing, then clawing back with runs in the first and second inning. And a great job so far by Andrew Hawk. Six strikeouts through four innings as we get the top of the fifth started here with number nine batter Sawyer Satram. He takes ball one low for Minnesota Crookston. Satram, the second baseman, wearing number 34. He grounds at the third. A nice job there by Higa all the way across the diamond. Nice play, out number one, five to three. I'll say it now, knock on wood. Both teams uh, thus far through, uh, we'll say, four innings, doing a nice job fielding the baseball. Uh, Ooh, I see what you did there. For, for the most part. Okay. For the most part. It's been uh, a good defense. Clean approaches. Especially considering it's the first game of the season. Uh, we mentioned it, Minnesota finally getting outside. HPU finally getting some game action here. Uh, sometimes you can see some jitters. Sometimes you can see uh, some funny bounces off the dirt. But 
thus far doing a nice job watching the ball all the way into the glove and then making the throw all the way across the diamond into the chest of the first baseman. Caden Headley leading things off with one out here after the ground out, and he now grounds out. Second to first it goes, and a quick job getting two outs by Andrew Hawk so far, and that's exactly, I'll turn to you, Cole Cabrera, the way you want to start an inning. You have that 2-1 lead, two quick ground ball outs, and now you have a chance against the number two hitter for maybe a 1-2-3 inning. Oh, yeah, he definitely has the opportunity to get the bats going again uh, in the bottom of the fifth. Um, we've actually had back-to-back -back really quick uh, innings so far. Um, Minnesota pitcher, and there we go. There's a ground ball to the right side. He's going to cover, and uh, there's three. <laughs> a 1-2-3 inning for the for the Sharks now getting bats going in the bottom of the fifth. And that'll end it perfectly as the Sharks will come up in the home half leading 2-1. to one. This is HBU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hawaii Pacific Health presents HPU Sharks Baseball on HSRN 95.1 FM and AM 760. Nice job there ending the top of the fifth by Andrew Hawk. Only a five-pitch inning as he got a perfectly called Cole Cabrera three ground ball outs there. One to third, one to second, and then one to first going over to the pitcher. And Cole, you made a great call there knowing that the pitcher got over on time. He hustled, made a great angle, and made it easy for the first baseman, Travis Johnson, for the nice underhand toss. Well, it's definitely the pitching coach in center field must be very pleased with that pitcher fielding position, Jarrell. They practice those all the time uh, in practice every day. And so, uh, you know, it comes for fruition right here in the game. We just got a full display of that. PFPs, so, baby. Leading off for HPU here in the home half of the fifth, DJ Stevens, the strong outfielder, center fielder for HPU, takes strike one. I mentioned it earlier. He's a player that Minnesota Crookston actually circled on their lineup card as a guy to stay away from on defense because not only is he a great fielder, but his arm is top-notch for the Sharks. Yeah, a reason he's been put into center field uh, essentially the quarterback of uh, the outfield there, uh, guy who has everything in front of him, keeps everything in front of him well, using his speed as well, uh, has a great arm. Oh, and this ball is going to be off the glove of the third baseman. I think that's going to be ruled a hit. That was going to be a tough play by the third baseman over there. Mike Hallquist will wait on the final decision, but no matter how it shakes out, a leadoff effort by DJ Stevens to get on first base. Nobody out here in the fifth. I was just talking about his speed there. Uh, does a nice job hustling out that ground ball. You mentioned it, Kyle. Would have been a tough play either way as uh, couldn't field it completely cleanly. And just like that, the, uh, the streak comes to an end. And speaking of just like that, another ball in play. And this one is going to squirt by the right fielder. So Chase Taylor smacked it to right. And this is going to get Stevens home. And then Taylor makes his way to third. We'll wait on that one. Was that misplayed and right? I got kind of blinded by the uh, crossbar here in front of us. It, it looked like it was misplayed in right field, but it looked like it was going to be a tough hop either way. Kind of got stuck uh, going for a diving catch and then pulled up at the last second. Uh, ball hits the ground and then skips by him all the way to the fence. The center fielder has to go chase it down. Nice job by the Sharks. Heads up on the base paths, getting all the way around. Runner from first scores, and uh, the batter gets all the way to third base, and now another uh, at-bat with a runner in scoring position for HPU. So still awaiting the official scores on both Stevens getting on base and then Taylor getting around to third. But like you said, the good news is one run in, 
moving the lead for HPU to 3-1, to one, and another runner on third with nobody out for the freshman Noah Hata. He grounded out to first base earlier in this game, and what a position here for the freshman to potentially get his first RBI. Yeah, good chance here for the first-year DH to put a ball in play. Oh, that ball is smoked to right field, but just out in head was out ahead of it was Hata, and that ball hot off the bat of Noah. <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, just looking to put the ball in play here as the Sharks, a hot start to the bottom of the fifth inning. Uh, a good job <laughs> trying to put a couple of extra runs, some insurance runs on the board for Hawk. And Hata pops this one up to center. It's going to fall in. That's going to be a clean single, and that gets the runner Taylor in from third. Welcome to the club, Noah Hata, his first hit and first RBI after joining the Sharks out of Marinol. Great piece of hitting right there. Fights it off right in the center field and gets it to drop. Just mentioned it. Another insurance run for the Sharks here as they continue to pull away in the first game of this doubleheader. So the hit parade continues for HPU. Nicholas Gio leading things off. After three runners reach, Noah Hata remains on first. Two runs in so far. HPU leading Minnesota Crookston 4-1. to one. Bottom of the fifth inning. And I think if you're HPU, this game has to be so far going. According to script, you have your top pitcher, Andrew Hawk, holding Minnesota Crookston to just one run on essentially a solo home run. And now you have runs in the first, second, and two runs here in the fifth inning. Yeah, gives up a home run right off uh, the bat first inning. You get two quick outs and then give up a run. A little bit of shaky performance there from Hawk after, but really has settled down since mowing down this uh, Golden Eagles lineup, and he's got six strikeouts uh, since, doing a really nice job controlling the strike zone. So the pitch and the runner is off. That's Hata. He's going to be in there with the stolen base. Good job there getting the jump. And Cole Cabrera, put your uh, plane helmet on for me. What kind of a jump was that for Hata, and how was potentially the throw by the catcher a little altered by the jump of Hata. Yeah, most definitely. Hata, you know, he just got his first career Hawaii Pacific knock, and so, you know, why not follow it up with the stolen base? You know, had a great jump, uh, you know, off the righty, and uh, the catcher actually did a really good job picking the ball in the dirt and, uh, you know, delivering a pretty good, accurate throw over to second base. But, you know, Hata recording his first stolen base as a shark, and so um, now he's in scoring position with the top of the lineup. So hopefully the number two can do damage right here. Well called there as Gio stands in, runner on second. The pitcher, Dykoff, looks in from the stretch. Now delivers. This ball in the dirt. A nice job by the catcher of stopping it. That was none keeping it in front. We got some clarification. So Stevens had a single to third, and then following him was Chase Taylor, who singled to right, and then it was essentially a two-base error that allowed him to move to third, and then the runner, Stevens, to come home. So no RBI for Taylor, but two runs in, and after the Hata RBI single, and the stolen base. Hata's on second. Nobody out here. And a, now a walk by Gio. So the wheels starting to fall off a bit for Dykoff. He's allowed four straight runners to reach. Two runners in, two on. HP up by three here in the fifth inning. We talked about Dykoff being the ace of this staff, the guy getting the, the start on opening day for the Golden Eagles as uh, coach makes his way out to the mound here. We knew he 
had a short leash uh, on a pitch count here today, opening day, first game of the season. You don't want to overextend your uh, pitchers. So they'll have a conversation here, try and calm him down, see if he can kind of go through this inning, get through five, and then probably you'll see the bullpen start to get into action. And it's as I say that, I see some uh, rustling over there as a lefty get, starting to get ready. Uh, looks yeah, it looks like Alex Keep out there in the bullpen for Minnesota Crookston. And a long conversation on the mound. That tells me they're trying to get their pitcher hot as quick as they can while taking as many seconds as they can before home plate umpire Jim LeBeau breaks up the conference. That's a good call. A little gamesmanship there. Uh, just trying to play within the rules, but also push the rules as far as you can, see what the boundaries are. So Cole Kashimoto now up to bat. The fifth batter for HPU in the fifth inning. Nobody out. Runners on first and second. Two runs already in, and the Sharks leading 4-1. to one. Let's see if Kashimoto maybe gets the runners in motion or tries to bunt here. The lefty puts down the bunt. It's going to be right between the pitcher and catcher. The catcher grabs it, but the speedy Kashimoto beats it out without even the throw. It's going to be a, I think it's a bunt single, but because he sacrificed himself, they might give him a sack. We'll wait for the official score, but no matter how it shakes out, Bases loaded for HPU, nobody out, two runs already in. Yeah, Sharks continuing to threaten here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Uh, started off well with the single, and then uh, you see how errors can make teams quickly unravel two runs score, and then all of a sudden the bases are juiced. And another hit up the middle following the Kashimoto single. It's going to be a TJ Smith single up the middle, and both runners not only advance, so we got two runners scoring. Runner on first goes to third. That's Gio, pardon me, Kashimoto, and Smith safe at first on the hit. HPU is on fire here in the fifth inning. Four runs in. That was Gio and Hata coming in to score. As I mentioned, Kaneshiro Kashimoto, pardon me, moved to first to third on that single up the middle. And T.J. Smith with the rocket up the box. Seen a lot of really good contact today from the Sharks. A lot of uh, balls going right back up the middle there. And a lot of times you'll see that as guys get comfortable, get into hot streaks, uh, that hard contact up the middle. And uh, not hasn't necessarily been real hard, solid contact, but it's been good contact that continues to send it through uh, that hole right between the second uh, baseman and shortstop, and it's been a good way for the Sharks to create runs here in this one. Kota Suzuki up now, no outs, runner on first and third. He takes strike one, and Cole Cabrera, I'll bring you in again. How great does this feel as an offensive team, knowing that you basically have the merry-go-round going and you're just getting hit after hit, scoring more runs, and getting a five-run lead now? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, the Sharks have had a great inning, getting every single guy on base this inning. Um, Starting off with the DJ Stevens single, um, you know, Noah Hata having his first career hit. Uh, now they're in the middle of the lineup, setting the table. Oh, and Suzuki is going to reach two. This one will probably be an error as the third baseman missed it on the transfer. But again, we start getting these hits and everything starts falling right. And it just seems like HPU is on a roll right now. We'll see if Minnesota Crookston has an answer. Yeah, you can really see how things can fall apart quickly. Uh, and, and just if you allow that focus to lack for one second in baseball, uh, it's funny, the ball has a way, a funny way of finding you. Uh, 
and they're just unable to handle it. And now Sharks continue to threaten here in the bottom of the fifth after putting in uh, plating five runs already. And we're still waiting on the official call on that Suzuki grounder, but he does get an RBI regardless of it. So, like you said, the fifth run in, making it 7-1 HPU over vid visiting Minnesota Crookston here on opening day of the 2023 Sharks baseball campaign. This is a nine-inning game followed by our doubleheader nightcap, which will be seven innings. Travis Johnson now up at the plate. He singled and grounded out the third previously. Takes the ball in the dirt. And it seems like the pitcher for Minnesota Crooks and Jake Dykoff really running out of gas. And going back to Suzuki's play, that is going to be ruled an error on the first baseman. So no hit there, but he does get the RBI. So great job by him of making a productive out. And not even an out because he reached, but basically putting the ball in play, letting the defense make a mistake, and keeping the merry-go-round going for the Sharks. And that's why contact is so important. You mentioned it. Just put the ball in play. you got to force the defense to make a play. Uh, a lot of times you've seen guys kind of, start to get away from that and swing for the fences or just pull their head off a little too early and it'll end up getting in the way kind of ruining at bats instead going for contact oftentimes if you just get good contact the strength in these athletes will do the rest uh, take the ball away so Johnson at the plate runners on first and second still nobody out here in the home half of the fifth inning this ball's popped out to center. We'll see if the wind carries it. It doesn't enough as it's going to be caught by the center fielder that's grabbed by Headley out there. And the advance, a nice job moving over by T.J. Smith. So he's going to move to third. One out now, but runners on the corners for Richard Higa. Hard to believe that's the first out of this inning by, gathered by Minnesota Crookson, and it's actually going to be the last out by Dykoff as he'll be swapped out here. Coach Steve Gus comes out to the mound to swap pitchers. You mentioned it. Uh, kind of hard to believe that was the first out. I had to go back and check my score sheet to make sure that that was the case. And it sees once again what errors do for a team or go against a team to this inning for the Golden Eagles. And uh, it's allowed Sharks to really open this one up, almost batting around here in the bottom of the fifth inning. And as we had eyes on earlier, Minnesota Crookson will bring in their reliever, Alex Keep. So that'll be the end of the day for Jake Dykoff. Nice job at least starting the day for him, but he ends up facing 23 batters in total. And going four and a third innings, but giving up seven runs, six of them earned, ten hits, one walked allowed, two strikeouts, and one hit batter. But basically, four strong innings, and then it was this fifth inning that really made it difficult for Dykoff to keep going. And props to HPU for scoring runs on runs, now expanding their lead to 7-1, with just one out here in the fifth. Yeah, really tough fifth inning here for Dykoff, who... Uh, you mentioned it. Looked pretty dominant through four innings. Gave up the two runs early on, but settled in much like his counterpart over on the opposing sideline. And uh, 
all of a sudden the wheels fall off. We talked about how Coach mentioned his pitchers are all going to be on a pitch count today. You start to wonder how close he was going into that inning and if he really did just run out of gas going into it. And that's completely understandable in the first game of the season. You're trying to see what your limits are, trying to continue to build up that arm strength, continue to build up uh, the stamina that you have. And here today, you just see him run out of it, uh, just one out through the fifth inning. Kyle Galdera here with you alongside Paul Brecht and our guest analyst, Cole Cabrera. Cole, while we have this little break in the action, tell us a little bit about what you're up to now that you finished your playing days at University of Hawaii and then most recently Cal Poly. Yeah, so I just uh, graduated uh, the University of Hawaii with my master's. Um, uh, I was coaching a little bit of youth baseball, um, kind of just taking a few few last of my classes, and then now you know I'm currently working uh, downtown as a consultant for this uh, IT company, and uh, just uh, still just getting in the game any way I can, whether it just be you know working with some kids or uh, you know just working with anybody uh, really, just on baseball honing in their craft. But yeah, like I said, excited to be here um, and then just enjoying this beautiful day of baseball. Yeah, great to have you with our broadcast crew as we start the 2023 HPU season. And of course, I don't want to jinx it at all, but a great start by HPU so far in the first game of the season. They fell behind one run, one to nothing, and have since rattled off seven straight to take a six-run lead. A really nice job by the Sharks, uh, like you mentioned, after uh, an opening home run by the visitors. Uh, really haven't looked back since the bottom of the first. So the first pitch here by reliever Alex Keep. He's a lefty as well. It's going to be fouled off by Richard Higa. Higa, the ninth batter for HPU to hit in this inning. Just one out. So barring a double play, we'll have a second opportunity for Stevens, who's the on-deck batter, to hit in this inning alone. He led things off with a single. Higa, the left-handed batter, a token pickoff throw over to first by Keep. Standing there is Suzuki, who reached on an error. At third is T.J. Smith. He singled earlier in the inning. It's been a single parade for HPU. Five singles so far in this inning. As this ball swung on and missed by Higa. And that breaking ball has a bit of bite off the hand of Keep. It does. We talked a bit with Huck about how it's difficult for lefties to pick up that ball from a left-handed pitcher and now all of a sudden HPU has to face a little bit of what they've been showing their visitors thus far today. Yeah, and keep getting into that Craig Kimball-esque crouch before his pitch. Not quite as dramatic, but before his pitch to Higo that was just fouled off there. He kind of gets into that squat position like, a, like an eagle almost. Baseball players are athletes too, you know. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's a good position for him to have, uh, obviously, something he's comfortable in and then something that allows him to push off that mound and get the velocity and the break that he's desired. Another pickoff move over to first by Keep, trying to keep the runner there close. That's Suzuki. So he got at the plate. He doubled in the second inning and scored a run for HPU. This ball almost hits him in the head as it is just under the chin of Higa. Look out. Yeah. It's one of those where you normally tell the player, hey, just stand in there and take it, but not when it's at your dome. It's also a lot easier said than done to hang in there, like you said, uh, when it looks like it's coming in uh, right at where your helmet is. Here's the pitch, and that one is in there 
for a strike, and Higa knew it. He walks away after the call strike three. However, HPU still with runners on the corners, and now two out. So Stevens, DJ Stevens, will come up for the second time this inning. He let off the frame with a single, came around to score, and HPU has since scored five runs this inning. Pickoff throw again over to first. It was Stevens, Taylor, Hata with singles, followed by a Geo walk, and then another single by Kashimoto, and then a TJ Smith single. That's why he is on third base. You said it, a single parade. We've talked about the Sharks just going after contact in their at-bats thus far today and being extremely successful, finding holes in the infield and finding holes to drop it into what seems like no man's land in the outfield. Uh, been, I don't want to say lucky, but I, I will say uh, fortunate in uh, the placement of these hits. Here's the 0-1 pitch taken high. That'll even the count at one. I mentioned it earlier, a nice crowd gathering here at Patsy Mink Central Oahu Regional Park here on this beautiful Saturday afternoon for baseball. Just some light cloud cover. The wind's dying down a bit. Here's the pitch inside. Good job there by Stevens of letting that one go. Alex Keep, the lefty reliever, coming in for Jake Dykoff, who went four and a third. Stevens, the veteran right-hander, and a pickoff move to first. The runner breaks home. He is going to be in there safe. Wow, great read there by the runner on third. That was not Suzuki. Smith, it Smith, looked like. Still at, uh, that's right, T.J. Smith. And I think you have to give him a steal on that because he was breaking as soon as the pitcher motioned the first. So that's exactly how you draw it up. That's one of those plays in fall ball. You kind of go over in the video room, and then you start practicing it in those dog days of fall. And that's where it pays off when you get a runner home essentially for free, making it an 8-1 HPU lead. I was curious if he might do that as well. A few uh, pickoff attempts as that one's fouled away. A few pickoff attempts originally uh, going to first base. Uh, being a left-handed pitcher, you're not facing that third baseline. You can get a couple of extra steps if you're the base runner. Uh, and then once you throw over a few times, I saw him start to get a couple of extra steps. A great break, and he gets home, and like you said, Adds an extra run now for the Sharks in this already big inning. And a ball taken high, so we'll see if Keep was rattled by that stolen stolen base at home plate. As Minnesota Crookston now trailing by seven. It's been a six-run inning for HPU so far here in the fifth frame. We had a couple of quick innings. One, actually just five pitches for HPU to get out of it, a jam. And then now here we are, a lengthy fifth inning, but something that HP will gladly take because now not only are you ahead, but you've added some insurance to the point where your pitchers can really pound the zone. Here's a 2-2 pitch taken high. That's a 3-2 pitch, pardon me, and it's going to be a walk gathered by Stevens. So for the second time this inning, he's going to reach base. Stevens, uh, you mentioned it, started things off for the Sharks in the bottom of the fifth, and he continues things now in the bottom of the fifth as they send their 11th batter of the inning to the plate. This will be Chase Taylor, who 
is halfway to a cycle. He tripled in the second inning, singled earlier this inning, and with runners on first and second, looking to do damage yet again. The eighth hole hitter, he's the catcher. And this pitch is high and away by Keep. Alex Keep into the game, getting one out so far, trying to retire HPU. Sharks looking to add some more insurance runs. Here's the 1-0 pitch, and that one is going to be popped just foul over our broadcast position here behind home plate. I mentioned earlier Central Oahu Regional Park, the home for HPU this season, as Hans LaRange Park in Waipahu, a bit down the road from us, is being renovated by the city and county. So, so far for HPU, and I know we're barely halfway through this first game, but I think they're enjoying this new home ballpark. Yeah, treating them well thus far. Uh, eight runs through not even five innings of play makes you feel pretty good as the Sharks continue to threaten in the bottom of the fifth. Good job there by catcher Matt Nunn of blocking that ball in the dirt, keeping the runners from advancing. As again, the catcher Chase Taylor in there, two for two, looking to add to his hit total. I was watching Major League last night, so I keep thinking of Jake Taylor every time I see Taylor's name and is that going to be a called strike on Taylor for taking too long Ikaika Nishimura out there making the strike call and now the umpires will talk about it and ironically this rule is put in there to speed up the game but by the umpires chatting about it we're actually taking longer than if they would have just let the game unfold naturally it is kind of funny isn't it the more you try the more you fail uh, it's it's a good heart, good-natured uh, attempt to get the game to just move smoother and faster. Unfortunately, uh, things kind of just get in the way, like human error uh, or human confusion in this case, as the umpires discuss what the call is here and how they're going to go about things. Like you said, would have been just quicker if they allowed him to take his swings and then step back into the box. And Cole Cabrera, I'll kick it to you. As a former player, most recently out of all three of us, what does this do as far as the pitcher's concerned, getting out of the rhythm, and now the hitter, Che Taylor, trying to get back dialed in? Yeah, it's it's always difficult when there's a stoppage of play. Um, so, you know, all you can do is, you know, pretty much, you know, just go through your routines. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the pitcher, you know, get some warm-up pitches, whether it be the third baseman or, uh, you know, the catcher here. Um, but, you know, just still trying to lock in, um, you know, going over, everybody's options and everything like that so um, you know once play resumes you know it's game on so he's got to stay ready and then Cole if I can piggyback off of that here if you're Minnesota Crookston tough inning you've been out there a long time uh, hopefully after this stoppage of play for the uh, Golden Eagles you're thinking uh, let's get off the field one more out What's the message that you're trying to give to your team? What's What are you saying to your teammates to try and keep them engaged in the first game of a doubleheader, knowing that it's a long day ahead? Yeah, most definitely. You just got to take it inning by inning. Um, you know, you can't get them all at once. Uh, you know, obviously they're in a hole right now. Uh, they let this inning slip a little bit. But, you know, baseball is one of those games where it can just flip the switch and, you know, it could be, you know, easily 10 to 7, you know, in favor of Minnesota. So, um, you know, I would just say keep it, keep it line by line. Just keep it going person by person batter by batter and uh you know all you can do is just focus on getting this this guy out right here who's on uh 
know, was having a two for two day. And so, um, you know, hopefully they can get back in the dugout, um, get the, get the bats going, and just you know scratch one off by one one by one. So after a couple minute conversation, we're back to live action now. Chase Taylor at the plate, facing Alex Keep, and Taylor pops it up. We'll see if that stays in play. The catcher going after it. The ball's drifting back, and it's actually going to be caught by the pitcher. Does he drop it though? Okay, so the umpire calls it a transfer drop, so the catch is made by Alex Keep, who drifted into foul ter territory to make the catch and retire the Sharks. But the good news for HBU, they tack on six runs and now lead this game 8-1 to one over Minnesota Crookston. We'll be, we'll be right back. This is HBU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Sharks Baseball, brought to you by Pioneer Electric, Inc. on HSRN, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back here live at Central Oahu Regional Park. We're getting ready for the top of the sixth inning. And a new pitcher for HPU on, Eric Peterson, after a strong effort by Andrew Hawk, who is still in line for the victory after five solid innings. So we'll see if Peterson can keep things rolling for the Sharks. And so far in this opening game, I neglected to mention earlier that, again, knocking on wood a bunch of times, no major injuries for HPU so far. And same thing for Minnesota Crookston. There are a few guys that stayed home on this road trip, but it was more roster management related. So we'll keep you posted on that throughout the afternoon and the evening as we get ready for our second game later tonight. But that sports injury report is brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health, creating a healthier Hawaii. So for the Golden Eagles of Minnesota Crookston, after that long time spent on the field in which they gave up six runs in the fifth, leading off the top of the sixth will be Jake Jelly. And he was the one who has the run accounted for for Minnesota Crookston, a solo home run to left center field all the way back in the first inning. Yeah, he's a guy that you really have to worry about. Power in his bat. Good, uh, good swing good torque in his torso there as uh, he can generate a lot of power with not a lot of effort. And a good job by Alex Keep. I have to go back to his effort to get Minnesota Crookston out of that last inning. And going back to that play, I'll, I'll bring in Cole Cabrera again. Normally the pitcher, you don't want him fielding a pop-up, but with the, the wind playing havoc with the ball today, how great of a play was that by Keep to get that last out? against HPU in the fifth. Most definitely. Usually you don't really want your pitchers, you know, fielding those fly balls, whether it be, you know, anywhere in the infield or, you know, in foul territory. But, you know, you know, some pitchers, you know, like Keith, you know, are, are uh, pride themselves in being an athlete. And so, you know, coaches sometimes will say, you know, they want their pitchers, you know, fielding that, that fly ball or that ground ball in that situation. So it just it was a great job and good good feel of the win by Keith and, uh, you know, got them in got them in the dugout for the top of the sixth. And speaking of playing the win, this pop-up by Jelly is out to the right fielder, Suzuki, who adjusts nicely and makes the play for out number one here in the sixth. And we're reminded by our operations manager and social media savant, Kule Agbayani, who is also taking pictures for us today that there's a couple of people out in the outfield behind the fence listening to us live on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. So mahalo to the aunties and uncles out there. We see you. We hope you hear us loud and clear out there today. Mahalo for tuning in, not only here, but around the state and across the country as well. We know a bunch of folks from Minnesota are joining us today, so mahalo for tuning in. And that'll bring up Ben Gels now, following the pop-up by Jelly. 
He's going to ground it to the right side, and the pitcher snags it out of the air. Not only does he do that, but Peterson keeps his momentum going, steps on first himself, and gets out number two. One unassisted, and we are just talking about it. Uh, pitchers think they're athletes too, and right there, Peterson showing uh, that he's part of that belief group. Uh, so, hey. I can get after it, too, and kind of turned on the afterburners there to get to first base. Didn't even flip it to first base. Uh, that goes in the book, one unassisted. So two quick outs for HPU against Minnesota Crookston here in the sixth inning. That'll bring up Christian Norby. And again, Cole Cabrera, we talked about this, you know, the importance of the pitching and defense combo on that play, knowing that the pitcher made the, the great grab, and then the fielders all communicated, basically get out of the way, he's going to take it himself, as opposed to maybe if the pitcher had stopped, waited for his fielder, and all kind of confusion could have happened there. Most definitely. We talk about, you know, being a broken record, but, you know, these pitchers are showing a great display of athleticism this, this afternoon um, as uh, there's a ground ball hit up the middle, uh, base hit for uh, number 37, Norby. But like I, like I said, uh, you know, these pitchers have been doing it all game. Uh, you know, great, great way to get, you know, a little bit of a, you know, taste in their athleticism with their coaches uh, on opening day. Um, and so, yeah. And that's the first hit. You called it well, Cole, by Norby up the middle. And that's the first hit for the team in two innings since Mike Hallquist doubled in the fourth. And speaking of which, Hallquist comes up to bat here at the runner on first and two out, facing HPU reliever Eric Peterson. He got two quick outs and then gave up that single up the middle to Norby, but... I mentioned it a few times. HPU with those insurance runs in the fifth inning, leading 8-1, to one, can really go after the batters here because even a home run at this point really doesn't do damage as far as the score is concerned. Yeah, I, I was actually just about to mention, we remember the first inning where the run was scored with two outs, two quick outs to be specific. Uh, so if you are the Sharks here, you kind of want to take it, uh, a chance, or not a chance here, but you want to go and not allow that to happen again. And speaking of taking a chance, it is Peterson who's going right after the hitter, Hallquist, and gets a swing on a miss on a high fastball. Peterson, a right-hander, contrasting Andrew Hawk, the lefty. So a bit of a different angle for these batters to see. That one looked to be right on the corner, but apparently just a bit outside. No call by Jim LeBeau. All of the HPU pitchers next to us basically charting pitches and speeds getting a big chuckle out of that one. They thought it was a strike two. And this ball in the dirt, it's going to be a pass, pardon me, a wild pitch all the way to the backstop, allowing Norby to move to second. So that wild pitch, the first one of the game coming off the hand of Eric Peterson. Two outs here in the top of the sixth inning. HPU leading 8-1 to one over visiting Minnesota Crookston the season opener for both squads. And this pitch is going to be popped up, and will it stay in? First baseman drifting over a long time, hanging in the air, and it will be caught by the first baseman, Travis Johnson, and that shuts down the Golden Eagles in the sixth inning with just one runner left on base. We'll be back with more. This is HBU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. It's been a healthy effort so far by HPU with an 8-1 to one lead over visiting Minnesota Crookston. And it's a good reminder that Hawaii Pacific Health takes the team approach to providing the expert care you need when and where you need it. Together, we are creating a healthier Hawaii. 
It's the opening day for HPU baseball, but be sure to join us Monday night as Sharks basketball has senior night, the final home game for both the women and the men's Sharks teams. They're going to be facing Fresno Pacific. The women get things underway at 4.30, following the men's game at around 6.30 p.m. And be sure to follow the action live right here on Hawaii Sports Network and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Starting off the home half of the sixth inning for the HPU Sharks is going to be Noah Hata, the ninth batter. He had his first hit and first RBI as a Shark last inning. The freshman out of Marino fouls this one away on the bunt attempt. So the left-hander Alex Keep remains in the game for Minnesota Crookston as... Hata takes this one just a bit inside. Keep thought that one might have caught the corner. Nice cloud cover, keeping everybody shaded just a bit here in this mid-afternoon. I was feeling a good uh, tan starting on my left forearm over here, and then all of a sudden it got a little bit cold. Uh, so good call out on the cloud cover rolling on in here as we are in into the bottom of the, or, yeah, excuse me, bottom of the sixth inning. Coming to you from YPO in central Oahu. As the one-two pitch is going to be fouled, or actually it's going to stay in play down the right field line. Again, that wind pushing the ball all the way back so that the right fielder, Ben Gels, can grab it for out number one. Quick out there uh, for Minnesota Crooks and that's exactly what you want after last uh, inning where you really just couldn't find that first out, right? You have five runs on the board before you can even get a, an out. This time, uh, first batter, one out. You can kind of settle down if you're the Golden Eagles. That first pitch to Nicholas Geo taken high for a ball. Pardon me, that was Jake Jelly out in left making the catch route number one. He's the one who homered, giving Minnesota Crookston its only run of the game. It remains 8-1 to one here in the sixth inning as a swing and miss by Nicholas Gio. Gio doing a great job of leadoff today following a flyout in the first. He singled in the third, then walked in the fifth, and actually scored a run in that fifth inning too, part of a six-run scoring outburst for the Sharks. As this ball taken low and inside for ball two, two and one the count. As you say, that seven of nine Sharks who have uh, had an at-bat thus far have also scored a run in this one. The only one uh, who has repeated is Kashimoto, the uh, left fielder. It's two runs scored. This ball off the end of the bat, an awkward swing there by Gio and picked up by the first baseman who touches the bag himself. That's Teddy Giefer for out number two. Yeah, kind of just like a knuckle right off the uh, end of the bat. It just nubs kind of. Those can hurt your hands too. So after two quick outs, it brings up Cole Kashimoto, the energetic spark plug left fielder for the Sharks. He reached so far today on a hit-by-pitch and uh, has a steal to his credit and also reached on a bunt single in the fifth inning to keep that big frame going for the Sharks. We'll see what he can do here with two outs. HPU leading by seven runs. Eight to one is the score in the bottom of the sixth inning. And as the pitcher Alex Keep loses his feet on the mound, 
Let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification. You're listening to HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Home of HPU Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760 and 95.1 FM. Back here live, Kyle Galdera, Paul Brecht, and our analyst joining us today, Cole Cabrera. It's been a fun broadcast so far. HPU making it a lot of fun for the home team. 8-1, to one, a lead over Minnesota Crookston in the opening day action for both squads. This ball is going to be grounded to second, but picked up nicely by the ranging second baseman Sawyer Satrum for out number three. One, two, three goes HPU. We'll be back with seventh inning action. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Back here live at Central Oahu Regional Park. Kyle Caldera, Paul Brecht here with you. Opening day for HPU. As the first pitch of the inning is grounded foul. This one by Minnesota Crookston leadoff hitter. Teddy Giefer. Cole Cabrera joining us here, former University of Hawaii standout and a Cal Poly player as well. Recently graduated from the University of Hawaii and is now back home doing some work and some coaching with the youth baseball. We like to see that. And speaking of that, I got to give a shout out to our Kamehameha Schools Intermediate White Baseball team with a big 11 7 win over St. Louis yesterday. Moving the Warriors to 5-0 and in Intermediate Division 2. That ball fouled away by Giefer. Disappointing result for St. Louis there, though. Not, uh, not for their boys basketball team, uh, who won their second straight uh, state title last night. Uh, a great win over a really talented Campbell squad, 41-39. Yeah, you mentioned Campbell, Paul. We called their championship game for the OIA here on our very airwaves and also the Campbell girls championship game as well. So a great season by both Sabres men's and or girls and boys teams this year. As the ball outside brings the Teddy Giefer count to two and two. Eric Peterson still on the mound for HPU. He gave way after Andrew Hawk went five solid innings. This ball is going to be roped to right, and that one is up and out of here. Aloha goes that one. Minnesota Crookston might be trailing by six runs, but they're in the game somewhat because of two solo home runs, a first one by Jake Jelly in the first, and now a solo bomb to right by Teddy Giefer. And that's leading things off here in the top of the seventh. And if you're HPU, it is important. Try and limit the damage to just one. We talked about the first inning, how you got two quick outs, and then all of a sudden the Golden Eagles got some momentum. And then you just saw how a couple innings ago all it took was your first batter getting on and you put the run train on. Don't want that same thing to happen to you with such a big lead and so late in the game. So with Mitch Goodwin up now taking strike one, I mentioned it last inning, and maybe Cole can speak to this, but even though you give up the home run, having all those insurance runs makes it a little more easy to manage, whereas if you would have been in that 2-1 game that we saw back in the fourth inning, that would have tied things up. Most definitely. Um, you know, with the, with the solo shot, you know, one reframe that the pitcher might think right here is that there's no one on base. You know, it's a clean slate. 
Um, you know, obviously you need to still get three outs in this inning, but nobody on base. You know, it's pretty much a reset, up four still. Um, you know, just executing pitch by pitch. You know, they got three innings left to go, uh, and hopefully they can close out this ball game. So a 2-1 count here to Goodwin. We're just past the 4 o'clock hour local time, and right on cue the sun has popped out again. And this ball is fouled away, evening the count at 2-2. Two and two. I mentioned earlier, gale force winds blanketing Hawaii the last couple of days. They're, they've died down just a bit today, but still strong enough to help guide some of those balls into the outfield, including that Giefer shot to right field for the home run. Checking in at 77 degrees right now, so a perfect day for baseball in the islands. It's part of our super weekend coverage. We have the big game coming up tomorrow. A lot of people looking forward to that, but definitely HPU fans looking forward to this game and our doubleheader second game coming up next. And a big swing and a miss by Goodwin there. Gets out number one on the strikeout by Peterson. Excellent job by Peterson coming back from the home run there. Still just attacking the batter, not shying away from contact. Has no issue pitching to it. Has no issue also blowing it right by you. A nice job there by the uh, right-hander to pick up the first out here of the seventh. Sawyer Satram, the nine batter for Minnesota Crookston, fouls this one away. Good job here by Eric Peterson of working ahead, really attacking the zone, using that six-run cushion to his advantage. You said it. That's what you want to do as a pitcher as well. Really tough to work from behind, especially the higher in level that you get up to. Once you get to the collegiate level, you're going to have guys who, uh, once they get ahead in the count, they're not going to let you uh, come back. They're going to take advantage of those opportunities of the pitches that they're going to see. Speaking of taking advantage, the hitter there turns on one, but Sawyer Satram hit it right to Kaneshiro and left, who had him positioned perfectly. And that ball went, I'd venture to say, close to about 300, eh, maybe 320 feet, but right at the left fielder. So a loud out, number two. Yeah, good contact there for Satram. Just unfortunately for him, defense positioned perfectly uh, ends up in an L7. And that was, again, Kashimoto making the catch out there for out number two. And that'll bring up the lead-up hitter, Caden Headley. Headley with a double and a steal in the third inning. Sandwiched by a line out to, to center field in the first and a ground out to the first baseman in the fifth inning. HPU leading this one 8-2 to two in the top of the seventh inning. Opening day for both squads. This is a nine-inning game, and our doubleheader back-end game will be seven innings. So a great opportunity for HPU if they can hang on to get the first win of the season, knowing that they still have, again, everything, if everything goes according to script, a lot of arms still available for game two. Because speaking from experience, back when I played for HPU, we used to play eight-game series in a way to get more games. So by the time you got to day three, we were bringing in infielders to pitch sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and just any available arm who can get it over the plate, get strikes, and you hope your defense does the rest at the end of those type of series. Yeah, one of the cool things back in the day as Cole Cabrera with this here reminded me that we would get to play sometimes opponents of UH who would play us as like a tune-up. So we actually got to play teams like University of Washington with Cole, uh, pardon me, Tim Lincecum back in the day as this ball is going to be grounded by Headley into the hole. It's probably going to be ruled a hit as it was a tough play for the shortstop anyway. 
we'll await official ruling on that. But definitely some good memories back in the day. But it's kind of changed a bit because now with some of the schedule limitations, you don't really have the flexibility of some of the D1 teams like UH and so on to play Division Two teams because they don't want it to hurt their RPI and other uh, scheduling aspects that are coming to play for postseason. So Headley reaches. Again, we're still waiting for the official word on that, but he is on first with two outs. Teddy Giefer with the home run to start things off in the inning. And that'll send HPU coach Dane Fujinaka out to the mound to talk things over with his reliever, Eric Peterson. Matt Nunn at the plate here as the mound visit takes place. Here, if you're uh, Minnesota Crooks, then uh, you want to continue to keep this inning alive. You started it out with the home run, uh, a really nice job to kind of get momentum back on your side after a, a good job shutting down that Sharks offense in the bottom of the sixth inning. And then uh, now with two outs, you've shown that you can do damage before. You get a runner on, whether it be via single or an error, whatever the uh, official score decides it as. And now uh, you have an opportunity to keep the rally going with two outs. So that was officially ruled a single, so good news there for Headley is that he reaches on a hit. Good and news again, for his batting average. Right. And the good news for HPU is even though that runner's on, they're still ahead by six. So I think that's co what Coach Dane Fujinaka was telling his pitcher, Eric Peterson, is, hey, we have a lead. Go right at him. And even though the pitcher does just that, it's going to be another single to left by Matt Nunn. And that gets the runner over Headley from first to third. So with two out, we'll see if Minnesota Crookson can cook up a rally down by six. And I just said it, with two outs, uh, you want to keep the train rolling. You want to go batter to batter to batter. Just put the ball in play. We mentioned it earlier in the game for HPU. Exact same goes for Minnesota. Uh, Crookston, who has an opportunity here to really get right back into it as Jelly comes up to the plate. Remember, he's the one in the first inning who got things started with a solo shot. Yeah, Jelly with the solo homer in the first, followed by a fielder's choice in the third and then a fly ball to the right fielder and the uh, check swing here strike number one it's good against Peterson good start for Peterson there uh, exactly what you want to do we talked about it earlier in the inning you want to work ahead especially when you have a batter as dangerous as Jelly at the plate yeah big at bat here trying to limit the damage giving up one run so far swing and miss by Jelly so quickly ahead 0-2 is Peterson talked about the power that Jelly brings to the plate. He also is somebody who strikes out a decent, or at a decent rate, had 50 strikeouts last season. And down here, 0-2, a perfect opportunity for a strikeout. Here comes the pitch, and that one is low in the dirt. Runners don't advance. A good job there by HPU's catcher. That's Chase Taylor with the stop. And also a good job by Jelly of holding up because he looked like a very aggressive approach there wanted to swing but didn't and that's the tough part about having two strikes on you too right is you have to be able to protect but at the same time you're not swinging at you know willy-nilly out of the zone and there you go swinging a miss good job there bouncing back by peterson getting this strong hitting jelly to strike out swinging and stranding two on base hpu leading this one eight to two we'll be back following the seventh inning stretch this is hpu sharks baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
Back here live at Central Oahu Regional Park, Kyle Galdera, Paul Brecht, and our guest analyst Cole Cabrera here with you, bringing you opening day coverage. Sharks leading visiting Minnesota Crookston 8-2 as we get ready for the home half of the seventh. And Cole, I'll kick it back to you. How important here is it for HPU to maybe get one or two more insurance runs and really try to hold Minnesota Crookston down? Yeah, I think it's important here that they punch back, you know, whether it be this inning or, you know, the eighth because, you know, Minnesota Crookston, you know, they put they put two, uh, two uh, really good swings on balls, you know, resulting in their home runs. And so, you know, we don't want them to get back into this game necessarily too quick. So, you know, one or two here should be really good. And, uh, you know, Coach Dane Fujinaka should really feel comfortable with, you know, adding one or two more here. And then conversely, how important is it for uh, Minnesota Crookston to, one, get the shutdown inning here, and then, uh, two, continue to put runners on base against uh, the con the continuous run of arms that the Sharks can uh, throw against you? It's really important that they, they give up, uh, you know, they come out of this inning with no runs, no runs earned, um, and get back into the dugout. Uh, you know, down four. Um, it's even more important, you know, for the doubleheader. Uh, you know, even coming afterwards. Uh, you know, going, gaining momentum into the next game, as well as you know, saving some of the pitching staff. Uh, you know, for the next game as well. Um, so, you know, really important for them to you know go out of this inning unscathed, and you know, hopefully they can ride the momentum. You know, in eight and nine things, and then turn that over into the doubleheader. Great points there, as. Relief pitcher Alex Keep starts T.J. Smith off with three straight balls, and as Smith is taken all the way, takes a strike down the middle, three and one the count. Smith, great job today, a single in the last inning and an RBI following a strikeout and a ground out, and he checks swings this one as a grounder to short. Smith hustling, and he's going to beat it out. A nice job there, a swinging single by Smith, and just like that, HP gets the leadoff runner on here in the seventh inning. Yeah, infield single there by the three-hitter for the Sharks. A great job legging it out, and uh, that's no small task. Not an easy play by the shortstop by any means, but does a nice job charging in and fires a nice throw across the diamond, but the speed of Smith on display is uh, his foot touches the base just before, and now leadoff man on for the Sharks. That'll bring up Kota Suzuki. He had a... RBI single in the first inning and reached on an error and also had another RBI in the fifth inning. So Suzuki, a very productive start to his HPU career, the right fielder out of Japan. Yeah, heck of a day for the uh, first year here and an opportunity to help the Sharks continue to do damage in this one uh, in the bottom of the seventh. Suzuki waits for it, takes this one inside. Minnesota Crookston wanted that call, but they aren't going to get it from home plate umpire Jim LeBeau. I like that name, LeBeau. It's interesting. Definitely a veteran umpire here amongst uh, a lot of local college and high school teams. They know him well. This ball high and tight. Two balls now to Suzuki. Travis Johnson, the on-deck hitter for HPU. The power hitting first baseman awaiting his opportunity. Seeing what Suzuki can do here. The right fielder batting left-handed. HPU in their impressive all-black Nike uniforms with the white trim. Contrasting Minnesota Crookson's all-white uniforms and their maroon hat and trim. Similar again to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, part of the same school system. As this ball is going to be grounded to second, a tailor-made double play, four, six, three, 
Just like that, two down for HPU in the seventh inning. And you couldn't have asked for a better play there by Alex Keep following the leadoff single. Exactly what the doctor ordered if you are Minnesota Crookston. You said it. Taylor made directly to the second baseman. Does a nice job with a soft flip to the shortstop who has a nice clean transfer, fires it over to first. And just like that, instead of first and second, nobody out. You have nobody on two out and a chance to uh, get out of the inning without giving up any runs. And right on the first pitch, a grounder by Johnson to the shortstop. He kind of olays it a bit and it skips into the outfield, so it'll most likely be ruled in error. We'll wait for the official call, but definitely one of those where I think the shortstop kind of caught in between hops and he tried to reach for it, skipped over his glove, and the runner gets on base. And those are one of the ones where coaches will get frustrated and say, just get your body in front of it and knock it down, which, once again, it's easier said than done because sometimes when uh, those balls come skipping at you, uh, you never really know where they're going to go, whether it's going to hit you in the chest or somewhere in the face. So it is going to be ruled in error officially, and then the runner moves over to second. That's Johnson. On a delayed steal, it looks like. Great job by Johnson. And it's one of those things where sometimes, and Cole, you can speak to this, sometimes you pick up a tendency. Maybe the catcher lobs it back. Maybe the pitcher takes his time. And it's almost like a, a football play where you call in, you know, a certain situation, certain count, and you basically have that delay steal in your back pocket. Most definitely. Guys in the dugout, you know, they're charting, you know, the tendencies with the pitcher as well as the catcher. And, you know, Coach Dane, you know, really knows that. Um, you know, I would, I would suspect someone on first base, first base coach would probably let the – let the, you know, Johnson know, you know, the tendencies right there. And, uh, you know, he took full advantage of it first pitch, you know, put him in learn, put him in scoring position with, less, with, uh, with two outs right here. And the pitch to Higa, that one taken on the outside corner. Called strike there on the fastball. Richard Higa with a double in the second inning, came around to score. And then he grounded out to second in the fourth inning and struck out looking in the fifth inning. Bottom of the seventh, HPU leading 8-2, to two, two outs, runner on second. In the opener for both the Sharks and Minnesota Crookston as this ball in there for a strike. Richard Higa kind of nods casually like, all right, I see that. Now i got a two-strike approach coming up here. Here, once again, you're just trying to put the ball in play, make sure that you don't go down, uh, you know, swinging, looking, or anything like that. You just want to make the defense uh, make the play. This ball fouled away. Out of play to the left side, so Higa will come back for another two-strike opportunity. And for Alex Keep, the relief pitcher, definitely a priority here of limiting HPU, trying not to give up another run because they just got a run back in that top of the seventh inning with a home run. Yeah, it's the game within the game, right? You're trying to keep momentum, which sounds so silly, but really plays such a big role and Cole you made a good point about how that momentum might not just be for this game here but it's going to be for the second game that comes up as well as uh, obviously these two or these two teams playing a pair tonight. So that ball outside makes the count full for Richard Higa and first base is still open so Minnesota Crookson doesn't really have to come after Higa here so we'll see how they're Approach is as the full count pitch actually hits Higa in the back of the neck, and he's not happy with that as he has a few words to himself, but probably so that the catcher can hear him as well. 
Yeah. Higa makes his way onto base. A, a tactful uh, little mutter to himself. Make sure that they understand the frustration. Nobody likes to get beamed, but uh, at the end of the day, obviously, an off-speed pitch. I don't think he meant to hit him, especially in an opportunity to get it out of the inning, but uh doesn't make it any less frustrating when you get hit. DJ Stevens up here, he had a offensive party in his own right in the fifth inning, singling and walking in the same inning. Came around to score a run, and here he is, one for two on the day with that walk. Trying to help get some more insurance runs for HPU. Runners on first and second, two out. Sharks up by six, bottom of the seventh inning. He got the right-handed batter, waits. Keep, takes a long look at second, now comes home. It's grounded to short. Picked up nicely. He's going to go the short route. That is Goodwin over to the second baseman, Satram, for out number three. So the fielder's choice ends the rally for HPU. We'll be back with the eighth inning. Sharks still up by six runs. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. To the top of the eighth we go. HPU leading eight to two. And another pitching change coming up here for the Sharks. It's going to be Kainoa Holt, the left-handed reliever coming into the game, wearing number 27 for the Sharks, and he follows great efforts by Andrew Hawk and Eric Peterson. Hawk went five innings, gave up a run on a home run. Eric Peterson went two innings, gave up one run, also on a solo home run. And we'll see if Holt here can keep the strong pitching performance well-tuned for the Sharks. Been a good day, uh... If you are HPU, uh, feel pretty good about what you've gotten from your pitching staff thus far. Continue to attack the zone. You want to get through this uh, as quickly as you can. Try and conserve as many pitches or pitchers as you can and uh, pick up your first win of the season as they're just six, out, or six outs away. So Kainoa Holt's first pitch is just a bit outside. Ben Gels waits for it, and here the pitch comes. Lined up the middle, right into the glove of Holt, and Holt makes sure to show everybody, yeah, I got that. No worries. Out number one on the line out to the pitcher. Those will make your heart jump just a little bit, huh? Get the blood pumping, but makes it look easy. Puts it away and for the first out at the top of the eighth. One of those things where out of reaction and self-preservation, you put your glove up and... In that situation, it just happened to fly right into his glove for the first out. Quickly, a grounder to short on the next pitch. It's going to be picked up and thrown across. That one grounded by Norby to the HPU shortstop. TJ Smith makes a strong throw for a quick out number two. A great throw. Great job fielding the ball. Kind of took a funny hop. Does a last-second step back to uh, field the ball and then takes one step to fire it across the diamond in time for the out. Good job to get a hustling uh, Golden Eagle. And Cole Cabrera, I'll ask you this. If you're the Golden Eagles, do you try to maybe take a few pitches here knowing that you've just committed two outs and three pitches? Most definitely. You know, I'm, I'm seeing pitches right here. You know, I would love to see the Golden Eagles try and bunt, maybe try and bunt for a base hit right here. Third base is playing a little back. Any way to get anything going, really. Um, you know, they got four outs to work with right here, and, you know, the clock is ticking, and you know, there's a fly ball into deep right center field. T.J. Stevens tracking. Oh, oh, and, it, and falls in. it falls just out of the reach of Suzuki. And running hard all the way is Hallquist, and he's going to be in there with the stand-up triple. And, Cole, you called it perfectly. It was almost, I want to say, a routine fly ball to right, 
that actually drifted into that jet stream gap in right center, and it will fall in for an extra base hit. But the good news is HPU got those two first outs, so it's still a manageable situation. Runner on third, two batters out. Yeah, right there, you guys both said it. It looked originally like a just routine fly ball, and then both the center fielder and right fielder continue to try and track it going back and back and back as the first pitch is in there for a strike. Uh, and then it just falls in between them, uh, also within the shade there. I wonder uh, if that might have had something to do with it, trying to track it. Oh, Holt wanted that pitch after the first one was called for a strike. And Teddy Giefer takes that one inside for ball one, even in the count at one. He had a solo home run last inning. We'll see if he can bring that power stroke back, but not at this point. As he pops it up, it's going to be grabbed by Higa at third for out number three. That retires the side for Minnesota Crookson, and HPU, who will hit in the eighth inning, is three outs away from winning this game. We'll be back with the eighth frame. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Back here for the bottom of the eighth inning. HPU still leading 8-2 to two after a big six-run fifth inning. Helped them get out to a comfortable lead. And Minnesota Crookston still leaning on their reliever, Alex Keep. He's been hitting mid-80s with his fastball today. So a great job of, by him coming in in relief of Jake Dykoff, who gave up those six runs in the fifth inning. And that's basically the difference as we look at a couple of solo shots for Minnesota Crookston and then a five-single output for HPU in that fifth inning. Yeah, big-time performance in that fifth inning that helped the Sharks pull away. Two early runs by HPU gave them that 2-1 lead, uh, so it would have been 2-2 uh, had you just completely eliminated that fifth, unfortunately, for Minnesota. Or Minnesota. That's not how baseball or sports in general work. you got to play the whole game, and uh, you don't get to eliminate your worst part. Chase Taylor in here for HPU now, grounding this ball foul, even in the count at one and one. Taylor with a triple, an RBI triple in the second inning, and a single that allowed him to come around and score in the fifth frame. And now he'll try to add to his two-hit day. This one is going to be flied to the outfield. It's going to be picked up by the left fielder. Good job tracking it there by Jelly, Jake Jelly in left. And with one out, that'll bring up the freshman, Noah Hata. One for three on the day with an RBI single in the fifth inning. The left-handed hitter out of Marinol, local product, staying home for HPU. A little underrated thing to take a peek at in this one. Uh, I've mentioned it all day, the contact approach from the Sharks, just three strikeouts thus far through seven and a third innings. And that's something that pitching coach Ash Kuhalua talked to us about before the game is even though there are six pitchers on the staff who can hit 90 and above, you have to be crafty. You can't just rely on that power pitch. And I think that's what HP has done a good job of today. To your point, as this ball is grounded sharply to second over to first for out number two by Noah Hata. But going back to your point, Paul, about just the, the ability of HPU to pitch the contact, you get out to that six, at one point a seven run lead, you can really let the offense play into your defense and not worry about the home run. Well, HPU has also done a nice job striking out um, Minnesota Crookston. Uh, they do pitch to contact, but also doing a nice job missing bats, just two, or two strikeouts in the seventh inning alone 
uh, by the Golden Eagles. It's been a couple different uh, pitchers for the Sharks. Uh, each of them have found success. This will bring up Nicholas Gio, his fifth plate appearance of the day. He's one for three with a single and a walk. Gio, the second baseman, as the wind be begins to pick up again. This one in the dirt. Gio trying to make his way on any way possible. And Cole Cabrera bringing you back in. How do we, or if you're HPU going into the ninth inning, what is your approach knowing that Minnesota Crookson is down by at least six? How do you approach them from the mound approach? I think the most important thing is getting that leadoff out and attacking with first pitch strikes. Uh, I really think it's important that, uh, you know, the defense plays, you know, really solid behind him to finish this game out. But, you know, just taking a fist pie pitch and, you know, just really trying to get that leadoff guy on, kill any momentum right out of the gate. Speaking of momentum, Nicholas Gio, one ball away from getting back on base. The right-handed hitter facing the lefty, Alex Keep, who's done a solid job of coming in in relief. He came in midway through that fifth inning and has performed well ever since. This ball low at the knees for ball four, so Gio does walk to keep this at-bat going for the Sharks. That'll be the second walk of the day for Nicholas Gio and brings up Cole Kashimoto. He was hit by a pitch, stole a base in the first, then reached on a bunt single in the fifth and scored a run, and now comes up looking to keep the hit parade going for HPU. Gio scored on that uh, first time that he walked in this one. That was back in that sixth run, fifth inning for the Sharks. Uh, HPU hoping for a similar result here with their leadoff man aboard with two outs in the uh, bottom of the eighth. So Kashimoto, a big swing and miss. Lefty on lefty matchup here. Sharks leading eight to two. Bottom of the eighth inning. <laughs> a uh, token pickoff throw over to first base. Basically just trying to keep Gio honest over there. Not much of a lead. Gio barely at the cut of the grass and he takes off. He's going to be potentially picked off and he is going to get a stolen base out of it. Maybe not. He's called out. Okay, so it goes one to three to six on the covering shortstop. I thought he had a steal there, but the pitcher was on to him. So after Gio's picked off stealing, that brings an end to the HPU eighth inning. And now three outs away are the Sharks from securing victory in this opening game. We'll be back with the ninth inning. This is HPU Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Brought to you by Pioneer Electric Inc. on HSRN, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Back here at Central Oahu Regional Park, Kyle Galdera, Cole Cabrera, our guest analyst today, and Paul Brecht bringing you the action. Last chance for Minnesota Crookston down 8-2 in the top of the ninth frame. Holt remains the reliever for HPU. That's Kainoa Holt on the hill, the left-handed reliever. Ball one delivered to start off to Mitch Goodwin. The line score for Minnesota Crookston, two runs on nine hits, two errors. HPU eight runs on 11 hits. No miscues for the Sharks so far. So even though Holt won't get the save if he can maintain the six-run lead here, it's essentially a closer situation where he's just trying to shut down the Golden Eagles, prevent them from coming back, and that ball swung on and missed for a strike. And basically, as 
Cole, you alluded to earlier with another game coming up in our doubleheader. If you can preserve the rest of the HPU arms, you've done your job if you're Holt. Most definitely. If you're Holt, you really want to close this game out, um, get back in the dugout and focus in game two, and you know, vice versa when it comes to Minnesota. You'd love to see you know, a few more hits, you know, maybe a couple runs put on the board just to get that momentum going into game two, and you know, maybe even filter out an arm or two for the HPU for the next game two. So Holt here... 3-1 the count to Goodwin. Not a great start. Hopefully he doesn't lose him to a walk here, but you got to focus in knowing up by six, just pitch the contact and let your defense work. Here's the 3-1 pitch, and that one is going to be flied to left. Will the win get that one too? It is up and caught by a sprinting Cole. Kashimoto, no, it's not caught. It's dropped. The runner didn't stop. And... The runner comes around to score. We're going to wait and see what the call is. All the HPU players raising their hand, and umpire Ikeka Nishimura gives the safe signal. Uh, so I thought the left fielder had come up with the play uh, initially and then came crashing into the fence afterwards. I wonder if we almost kind of have an NFL situation where uh, – when did he lose possession of that ball? When did he lose full possession of that ball? Uh, and this is kind of a pivotal call because uh, it's the difference between an out or a run, and not only a run, but a run to lead off the inning here. So if you are the Golden Eagles, exactly the way you're looking to start at the top of the ninth. Yeah, and after a discussion with the umpires, it seems like the play will stand. So we'll wait for the official score, but because there was really no error on that and nobody made a play, it, it technically should be an inside-the-park home run for Mitch Goodwin. We'll wait on the official score, but a run is across for Minnesota Crooks in here to start the ninth inning. 8-3 to three now the HPU margin, and that was big for Goodwin because he had come into that at bat with street, three straight strikeouts, so he kind of shakes off the hat trick a bit there. Yeah, looking to escape the golden sombrero and does it in a heck of a way to get that one out. And, and it goes again to our conversation we've had the entire day so far is you just got to put the ball in play and see what happens. And they're uh, maybe even rewarded by the umpires for it as uh, play on the ball was made. It just not, uh, not an out. Okay, so the I think our Minnesota fans might be a little upset with this, but the home scoring the official score is going to rule that an error by Kashimoto and left so essentially reached on an error and came around to score is the way that one is ruled so no inside the park home run for Goodwin and the better news for HPU is that Kainoa Holt doesn't get charged with the run because it's unearned well I was gonna say if I'm Holt I'm thrilled I guess in the fact that it's an unearned run so my my stats look all right but I'm also frustrated if I'm the left fielder there because uh, I'm making a play where I'm busting my butt to get to that ball and uh, barely make it make it there, and instead uh, it's a it's an error on me. Frustrating uh, for sure as they're strikeout looking as there's one away. Sawyer Satram not getting the bat off his shoulder there as Holt notches out number one in the ninth inning. Minnesota Crookson still trailing 8-3, to three, but that big run by Mitch Goodwin at least narrowing the deficit a little bit. And this ball is going to be smoked into left field by the leadoff hitter, Caden Headley, swinging at the first pitch. That's his third hit of the game. Two singles now 
coupling with a double and a stolen base earlier in this game. Uh, you see why Headley uh, leads off for these Golden Eagles. Nice bat-to-ball skills, and uh, not only that, you mentioned it, really nice contact on that swing right there, a rocket through the third base and shortstop hole, or between the hole between third base and the shortstop. Uh, trickles into left field, and now a man aboard with just one away. That'll bring up catcher Matt Nunn. One for four on the day so far, a single. To his credit, his last time up in the seventh inning. And he grounds it up the middle. Will it get through? It does. It's going to be another single. And the third batter to reach in four attempts for Minnesota Crookson here in the top of the ninth inning. So essentially exactly what you don't want to have happen for HPU is to get runners on base because obviously you can't catch up with five runs in one swing at this point. But the more ducks on the pond you get, the more opportunities to drive in runs, the harder it's going to be for HP to maintain this lead. And throughout this broadcast, we've discussed how uh, important momentum can be throughout a baseball game. And you're seeing now the Golden Eagles take that momentum right back. And uh, while they're still hoping to fight back in this one, you have to be pretty happy if you're Coach Gus thinking about, all right, going into next game at the very least, even if we fall here, the guy's got the bats going. And Cole Cabrera bringing you back in here with Coach Dane Fujinaka visiting the mound. What is he telling his pitcher and his team here up by five runners on first and second? You know, I think Coach Dane would tell him, you know, hey, you know, settle down. You got, you got five runs. You got a five-run cushion. Let's just get at it one, one by one. You know, we don't need a double play right here. We could have a fly ball, ground ball, even maybe strike him out. Um, but I think he's also telling him, you know, with Jelly hitting that solo home run back in the first, I think he's, I think he's telling him, uh, you know, just to be a little bit of cautious. Don't give him anything too good to hit because, you know, the guy after him, I think, you know, is a lefty-lefty matchup that they want. So look, look, for, look for Holt to really, you know, attack maybe the outer half right here, make Jelly go the other way, or um, maybe spin it a little bit here. Good point there, and a good reminder that Jelly did lead off the scoring today with the solo bomb to left center. The right-handed batter waggling his bat a bit as he waits for Holt out of the stretch. Here comes the lefty pitch, and it's right down the middle. Wow, where did that miss? Must have been low? I I guess I'm with you, Kyle. I thought that one was right down the old Bill Daly, uh, something that you see a real normal strike. Uh, instead, now 2-0 and an opportunity to do some damage. So with a 2-0 count now, Jelly... Expecting a favorable pitch here from Holt, and he takes it high. So 3-0, and and we alluded to it earlier, even a walk here by Jelly is almost more important than a home run because you keep getting runners on base and keep moving the, the stick along, passing the baton, trying to get the next batter up, Ben Gels, with an opportunity. Here comes the 3-0 pitch, and that one is taken on the outside corner. Jake Jelly thought he had walked there, but it is going to be a strike called by Jim LeBeau. I mean, can you really blame him after taking one right down the middle to start this at bat for a ball? He probably thought that one was too. Instead, 3-1 the count now. So a big 3-1 pitch here from Holt to Jelly. Jelly swings and misses. 3-2 and two the count, and that was a filthy, looked like maybe even a splitter in the dirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something off speed uh, gets the action to go, and bottom just kind of drops out right from the ball and a big swing by Jelly uh, with nothing to show for it. It's now full count. So a 3-2 payoff pitch coming here from Holt to Jelly. Here it comes and it is outside for ball four. So just like that, Minnesota Crookson gets a leadoff 
error resulting in a run. And after a strikeout by Satram, two singles by Headley and Nunn, and then a walk by Jake Jelly has loaded the bases here for Ben Gels. And with Minnesota Crookston down by five, the tying run is now in the on-deck circle. Gels, the top hitter uh, coming back, returning to this Minnesota Crookston team. Last year hit 318 at the dish and uh, had 20 RBI. Also 17 walks, did strike out 35 times, though. healthy opportunity for Minnesota Crookson. It's a good time to remind you that Hawaii Pacific Health is proud to be the official healthcare partner of HBU Athletics. Together, we are creating a healthier Hawaii. Here comes Holt to Gels, and this pitch is swung on and missed. Good fastball there on the outside corner. And Holt, to his credit, after a few rough at-bats, is still battling up there, working out of the windup now with the bases loaded. Still staked to a five-run lead. Let's see if he can finish off the win here for the Sharks with one out. And that pitch, another one, called for a ball that looked to most of us behind the plate like it could have been a strike. Two and one the count now to Gels. Holt peering over his glove from the windup. Now delivers, two and one. That pitch is roped to right center. Is it going to get over Suzuki? It does. It falls. Oh, actually over the diving center fielder, DJ Stevens. And they have the runner caught between second and third. So Minnesota Crookson does get three runners home. So it'll be a two-run RBI double and then a center field to shortstop to, I believe, second base on that tag that gets Gels out. So bad news for HPU. You give up three runs. Good news, you do get the second out. Nobody left on base, and you still have a two-run lead. Yeah, I think if you're both teams, at the end of the day, you take what happened. Obviously, if you're Minnesota Crooks, then you feel really good about what just happened. You put three runs on the board, and all of a sudden, life once again with two outs. Uh, if you're HPU, yeah, you gave up those three runs, but now you're just one out away. You still have a multi-run lead, so one swing of the bat doesn't tie this game here. Uh, so you still got a little room for error, but you still want to be careful here, uh, try and finish this one out. Most definitely. And we talk about it going into the doubleheader as well. I mean, Minnesota has put up four runs in the top half of the ninth, feeling great. The bats have came alive, looking to maybe even do some more damage in game two. So that ball is going to be fouled away. That could have been trouble if it landed in, but fortunately for Holt and HPU, it is a foul ball. 8-6 to six now, the HPU lead. And again, I go back to that point I made earlier about a six-run fifth inning has given you a lot of leeway to give up runs in the ninth inning where if we were tied 2-2, two to two, this would be a runaway win potentially for Minnesota Crookson. Yeah, big-time uh inning for both sides now and if you're HPU you're trying to limit your opponent's big inning and escape this one with a win as all of a sudden this has turned into a save opportunity for Holt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So technically no save because he put himself in that situation but essentially it is a save situation because he needs to close out the victory for the Sharks. We'll see. I don't see anything happening in the bullpen because I think HP wants to save their arms but I wonder if Norby can reach here with a two-strike count, if that'll get the bullpen going. Here comes the pitch, and that one is going to be fouled away. Good job by Norby of staying alive. Looking down the left field bullpen, I think there might be some action. Might be a right-hander 
the right-hander on deck. Don't be surprised right here if we see a pitching change with the right-handed uh, right hitter on deck. Here's the two-strike pitch from Holt, and that was swung on and missed, but it bounces away from the catcher, and Taylor can't get it in time, so the opportunities keep on coming as Norby strikes out but reaches on the wild pitch, and that gives Minnesota Crookson the tying run coming up to the plate in Mike Hallquist. HPU, I was just about to say, is going to stick with Holt. However, Coach Dane Fujinaka is making his way out to the mound. He's going to make a pitching change and a bit of drama here in the ninth inning as HPU came into this frame leading by six, now leading by just four with the tying runner coming to the plate. Yeah, just like that, it's turned into a sweaty one here at Corp. And uh, if you're the Sharks, you're really thankful for that big inning earlier on and the fact that you continued to play small ball, you continued to rack up those hits over and over again, good base running, and put those runs on the board here. Uh, but with a two-run lead, uh, got to go to the bullpen, look to get a little bit of help for that last out and send this one uh, into the mid-game break, or the break between this doubleheader. And the good news for HPU as we get confirmation on this relief pitcher coming in is according to Ash Kukalua, the pitching coach for HPU, I believe this is Daniel Cortez coming in for HPU number 15. It is indeed. He's very impressed with the back end of the HPU bullpen, which wasn't quite the case last year, and the Sharks dance around a couple of late leads that were a bit drama-filled, and now Cortez coming in here, the hard-throwing right-hander in line for the statistical save if he can retire this last batter here. Yeah, I said uh, it created a save opportunity. I was hoping that we wouldn't get to this point, but now the Sharks have an opportunity to add in that uh, one last stat. They've seen a little bit of everything today. There have been home runs on this field. There have been triples, doubles, singles, some errors tossed in there. And tell you what, why not a save, huh? Or, I mean, I guess for our Minnesota fans listening, they're hoping perhaps even a blown save. To your point, looking at the line score again for Minnesota Crookson in the top of the ninth inning here. Six runs on 12 hits, two errors compared to HPU's eight runs on 11 hits and one error. And that one miscue for HPU has been huge this inning as it was Mitch Goodwin who flied out to left field. It was dropped by Kokoshimoto and that allowed Goodwin to score. And then after a Sawyer-Satrum strikeout, two singles and a walk by Headley, Nunn, and Jelly. And then Ben Gels with a two RBI hit, a double to right center field that ended up scoring essentially all three runs, and then Gels was tagged out, caught between second and third. So that's how we've arrived at two outs. And then it was Christian Norby who was struck up by Holt, but advanced to first on the wild pitch. So the table is set now for Mike, Mike Hallquist, the third baseman for Minnesota Crookston, batting here. Two outs, runner on first. He's the tying runner, and he is almost hit on the inside fastball by the relief pitcher for HPU. Daniel Cortez trying to find the zone here in the ninth inning, coming out of the bullpen for what would be a save. That ball on the outside corner, good job bouncing back. One and one, the count to Hulquist. Cortez working from the stretch, a 
Nice gold chain gleaming in the sunlight just before 5 p.m. local time here at Central Oahu Regional Park. This ball in the dirt picked up by Taylor and the throw down to first, not in time. And the appeal down to first on the check swing is a no-go. So two and one the count to Hallquist. Can't get scared to attack the zone here. I know Minnesota Cro or, uh, Crookston's done a nice job with their contact, getting good solid contact, but you still can't dance around and afford, or keep throwing balls as just on cue. Another ball here as the count moves to three and one. So Hallquist and a hitter's count here, runner on first. Golden Eagles down by two runs. Top of the ninth inning, two out. Here's the 3-1 pitch. And it is going to be on the outside corner for a strike. And fortunately for HPU, that was called because it wasn't called a few batters ago. And that should set the runner in motion as well as uh, this count or this pitch. Full count, two outs, uh, man on first. Got to clean or uh, field it cleanly. And that pitch is fouled away. Will Hanaho the full count opportunity? And Cole Cabrera kicking it back to you. What are you feeling here if you're the defense for HPU after seeing that huge lead now whittled down to two, knowing that the tying runners at the home plate? You know, I'm not I'm not uh, stressing too much. Obviously, we have a two-run cushion as well. Um, you know, obviously, we don't want to give up the jack right here. So, uh, you know, just trying to find a ground ball, trying to get out of this game. Here comes the 3-2 pitch again. It's taken inside. Oh, HPU wanted that called third strike. It's not going to happen, though. Umpire Jim LeBeau lets it go, and Mike Hallquist draws the walk. So not only does HPU have runners on first and second now with two outs, but the potential go-ahead run is at the plate in the form of Teddy Giefer. Yeah, the situation continues to get uh, a bit more precarious as uh, – They've almost batted around here, the ninth batter of the inning for the Golden Eagles to step to the plate as that first pitch is in the dirt. It's uh, it's something that you want to take a second here if you're the pitcher. You want to breathe. You want to kind of find yourself and find those uh, mechanics once again. I know uh, you're somebody who can throw really hard, but throwing hard doesn't mean anything if you can't get it over the plate and he gets it over the plate there that ball is going to be lined out to right field and caught by suzuki to end this game Giefer got a hold of that one but fortunately for hpu right at the outfielder suzuki to grab it and get out number three to win this game for hpu daniel cortez comes out of the pen to get the save and preserve the win for andrew hawk and just like that the sharks have started 2023 with the win here on opening day. We'll be back to wrap this one up and get you ready for game number two. Sharks prevail over Minnesota Crookston in game one, eight to six, here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. HPU Athletics on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Central Oahu Regional Park, a big opening day victory for HPU, eight to six over Minnesota Crookston. And even though a win's a win and a win is great, I think a little bit more drama than the Sharks would have liked up by a five-run, pardon me, six-run margin than giving up four runs in the ninth inning to make things a little closer. But, Paul, you know, how would you say that win worked out for HPU knowing, again, that big fifth inning with six runs gave them enough runs to hold on for the victory? Uh, well, 
first things first, you're always going to take the win, right? It doesn't matter if it's pretty, ugly, uh, no matter what, you're going to take the win and figure out what you could have done better afterwards because uh, it feels a lot better to learn after a win than it does a loss. But obviously there are things to fix to go back, look at, you know, how can the pitchers improve their performance? How can we not give up six runs? You know, there are a couple of errors here and there. Obviously, the offense after that six-run uh, inning kind of started to sputter. They didn't put up another run throughout the rest of the game. So how can we get the bats going once again as we head into this second uh, game of the doubleheader? And Cole Cabrera, I'll give you a great job filling in today on our broadcast for the first time in uh, our HPU season here in 2023. How would you rate the performance of HPU getting ahead, letting Minnesota Crookston back in it, but again, coming through at the end when it mattered to secure that victory? Most definitely. I think it's just an awesome opportunity for these guys to get a win, their first game of the 2023 campaign. Off to a great start. Um, but like I said, you know, we were talking in the broadcast, you know, just not giving Minnesota any of that momentum in game two, you know, and now their bats got hot. They only lost by two. They had the go-ahead run at the plate. You know, Minnesota's feeling good about this next game that they have coming up, and so we'll see if the Sharks can hunker down and uh, put, in, put together another solid game, you know, to take the doubleheader sweep today. And before we get you our player of the game, let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification. You're listening to HPU Sharks Baseball on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Home of HPU Athletics, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM760 and 95.1 FM. Kyle Galdera, Paul Brecht, and Cole Cabrera here with you as HPU gets the 8-6 victory over Minnesota Crookston. And I think after looking at some of the post-game stats and knowing how much time and effort HPU put into building its pitching staff, I think we have to give our Pioneer Electric player of the game award to Andrew Hawk. He's going to pick up the win for the Sharks today, going five innings strong, allowing four hits, one run, coming off a solo home run, and striking out six compared to just two walks. He faced 20 batters and really did an efficient job of holding a strong Minnesota Crookson offense down today. Yeah, an excellent performance by the lefty. He got the call to, you know, go out onto the bump uh, for his team, the opening day uh, matchup, the opening day starter, and he really delivered for the Sharks. Uh, really nice job, especially settling down after a first inning home run and then uh, helped lead these HPU Sharks into an opening day victory and into game two unbeaten, which uh, best part about being 1-0, it's the opportunity to go 2-0, Kyle, and they'll have that opportunity again here tonight. So Andrew Hawk picking up the win on the mound. He is our electrifying player of the game, brought to you by Pioneer Electric, Inc., providing Hawaii's contractors with top-quality electrical supplies for homes and businesses. Big mahalo goes out to Chaz Antai in our studio, keeping us running and humming along, our in-studio engineer, our on-site technical director and social media savant, Kule Agbayani. Also check out her photos on our Hawaii Sports Radio Instagram and Twitter and Facebook accounts. Our uh, analyst today, Paul Brecht and uh, Cobra, great job, guys. A couple of last words before we wrap up this doubleheader game one. Uh, honestly, as a fan of baseball, 
today's a dream come true, right? A beautiful day here to open up the uh, 2023 season. The background phenomenal, the field perfect. You've mentioned it all throughout the broadcast. Beautiful weather from pitch number one all the way through the end of our first nine-inning game. Uh, baseball gods smiling down on us and smiling down on the HPU Sharks as they take the first game 8-6. to six. Yeah, if uh, this game was any indication of how the Sharks' season is going to go, I think they can say that Patsy T. Minks Central Rahu Regional Park is going to be a great home for them with the 2023 campaign. And I'm just excited to see what these Sharks have in store. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a great season. So a great start by HPU kicking off the year with an 8-6 victory over visiting Minnesota Crookston. Stay tuned. In about 20 minutes to half an hour, we'll have game two of our doubleheader right here on Hawaii Sports Radio Network. But for now... We'll take a brief pause and be back with you soon. For our hardworking crew, thanks for tuning in. Great job by HPU on the first victory of the 2023 baseball season. I'm Kyle Galdera. Take care and see you in a few minutes. Aloha. You've been listening to a special presentation on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network of Hawaii Pacific University Sharks Baseball. Presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. Creating a healthier Hawaii. And brought to you by Pioneer Electric Inc. Providing Hawaii's contractors with top quality electrical supplies for home and businesses. This broadcast was made possible thanks to the following. Play-by-play announcer Kyle Galdera. Play-by-play color commentator Paul Breck. In-studio technical engineer engineer and operations director Kuule Agbayani. Visit hawaiisportsradio.com for a complete programming guide of upcoming games and more. We now return you to regular scheduled programming right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760.